Hey, it's Marvin Musian, and you're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Paige Craig, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Death penalty. I support the death penalty. We will be prosperous if we embrace free trade. Prosperity from free and fair trade. Episode 106, the week before A1 2019. I am stoked. I know everybody else is. Cannot wait. Just a few days away. A um, lot to talk about. We're going to have some good guests tonight, and along with little little A1 talk up with TJ and JT Cooley and a call to Hal about his opinions on what's going to happen at A1. Before we get to our guest, as you guys know, the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, of course, we're brought to you by Fly Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, and Power Band Racing. All our great sponsors help the show go. We need you guys to go out and support our sponsors. Uh, they they make everything happen. They allow these things to happen. They give us the gifts, that the, the prizes we give away. Uh, we just announced our winner Saturday for the custom painted helmet. It's a Fly F2 Carbon Helmet donated by Fly, of course. Kirk Hunter Extreme Colors painted it. And at Ryan's Moto TV on Instagram was the winner. So we'll be unveiling that thing. I uh, pick it up tomorrow. I haven't seen it yet. Don't even know what it looks like. But I'll take it to Anaheim, and we're going to unveil it there. Uh, we've got an Amsoil giveaway going on on Instagram, so check out the Moto X Pod Show Instagram for that. Uh, Patreon, of course, patron supporters, they get some bonus content and some different things here and there. Uh, Patreon's a way that you can support the show, whether it be a dollar a month, all the way up to as much as you want. Helps out, helps us get to these races and pays for, uh, you know, server costs, new equipment, whatever things that we need to continue the show. So we appreciate appreciate all the help. Go to patreon.com, look up Moto X Pod Show, support us, and don't forget to check out our YouTube channel and our website. Still looking to get some more content from you guys. Um, if you got videos of you riding, you hanging out your track, talking to your buddies, bench racing, all that kind of stuff, send it to us at the, through the contact form at MotoXPodShow.com. We'll put it up on our YouTube channel. I think it's cool. We want to have some interaction with all our listeners. Um, good way to get some content out there. So, yeah, help us out. Um, so, anyway, like I said, I'm going to call TJ and JT here in a few minutes. JT Cooley. We're going to talk about A1, um, what we think is going to happen uh, and then I'm going to talk to Hal a little bit after that. Hal Simpson, you guys probably know him from Instagram and Twitter, and he calls into the Pulp Show here and there. So he's got some opinions. But tonight on the show, we have Mr. Kurt Lucas, who is the uh, – he started the original Whiskey Throttle Radio. 
Uh, that's a podcast you can check out, Whiskey Throttle Radio. Also, we have Jeff Green with Blood Lubricants. Factory Honda's Cole Seeley. Colleen Conger, she is a female racer that uh, lost a leg in an injury but still continues to race. She's going to be doing X Games. And then we've got Little D, Donnie Emler Jr. with FMF coming up tonight. So hang tight. We'll get the other guys on the phone, and we'll, we'll get this thing rock and rolling tonight. All right, so like I said, we've got uh, DJ TJ on the phone and JT. They're both out of the out of the well, out of town working, and we got a little A one to talk about. So, what 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 do you think, TJ? A one's a couple days away. What are your thoughts? I'm for the first time actually want to be there because everybody else is going to be there, so I feel like completely left out, and I hope it's a rainer and it's a terrible race. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Why, why do you mean for the first time that you want to be there? That doesn't, like, why wouldn't you want to be there every um, Most of the time I don't care about going to races and stuff like that because I've been to plenty of them and I can watch it at, at home on TV. But this one, especially with some of the other extracurricular activities that are going on, it sounds like it's going to be fun. And we've got a pretty dang, for lack of a better way to put it, stacked field. Yeah, well, right there, that tells you all you need to know about TJ. Most of the time, he's been to enough races, he doesn't want to go. All right, so JT, let's talk to a real race fan. Jake, yeah. how, how excited are you since you, you'll be there with me? Man, I've been wanting to do this race, go to this race, man, for as long, probably 15 years. As long, you know, I can remember being a kid wanting to just want to go to A1, want to go to A1, and I've tried to go, and nobody's ever wanted to go, and I've said this year, I'm going by myself. And then, you know, I figured, you know, you were going and a couple other friends we got going, and it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, well, what are your expectations? Um, you know, nobody really knows what's going to happen. What do you think uh, as far as uh, man, I, just where people Kenny, are? Go ahead. Uh, I think Kenny's been quiet. I think he'll be come out swinging, get, hopefully back to his old form before he broke his arm the first time and, you know, come out and win. I think he can. Um, um so obviously we know Eli is fast, but from the little rumor mills, he's been off the bike for a couple of weeks and hurt his back. And you know, you know, between Jason Anderson and Kenny Rock and Kenny, I think one of them are going to win the race. Okay. So. Well, I, I I talked to someone with Kawasaki on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, and was told that. He he rode and he is 100 percent ready. So we'll, I, you know, for what that's worth, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: I think that Roxon or Tomac, those are the guys. I think Ja did a great job last year. Marvin Muskin's fast, but you know, kind of coming back. I mean, I really think it's between Roxon and Tomac, and then you got Jason, um, Marsha, Muskin, and from being a super fan and trying to follow and listening to and pay attention to everything, I think Baggett's going to be surprisingly good this year. Well, um, I hope so. I had seen a video this morning of Vogel on the KTM, and I was very impressed with how good he looked on the KTM of never riding a steel frame bike in his life, yeah. other than a KX125. Well, I, you know, he, when he rode for Team Green. So. He, yeah, he, he's going to be good. I think that bike's good. So, yeah, it, and it's still impossible to really say, oh, so-and-so is going to do this. It's just, it's all a guessing game. I mean, I, I went ahead and filled yeah. out my Rocky Mountain uh, Fantasy League, and I went Eli, Jason, Ro- Kenny, and then after that, I don't even remember who I picked. It was like I couldn't really decide. I mean, you got Dino, who's going to be full privateer, well, 
Not for privateer. He's yeah. kind of considered a privateer, but with the factory help, I think, a little backing out of a van, that, that'd that be interesting. Yeah, he's basically factory rock star out of a sprinter. Yeah. <laughs> right. We go we go every, into every year expecting, like, it's going to be exciting, and I think this year, I mean, there's so many guys. that it's not, I don't really consider it like a stack field. I just think, except for the top two and you can say three guys. I think that I think that's going to make fantasy awesome because it's going to be so. There's going to be so many guys that leave. Um, and for the fantasy guys, this is the way I look at it. There's going to be so many guys that leave a one, not an all star, right? Yeah. Not in the top eight that are going to be great picks for the next round. I mean, it's going to be that's that's going to be exciting. Yeah, for you, sure. You get signed up, TJ, for the uh, for the paid leagues. <laughs> just uh, just uh, pulp stuff. Yeah, I'm not doing all the industry idiot stuff. I don't know. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> Too cheap. Hey, I'm just gonna give my money away. I, I mean, JT beat me last year. That's how terrible I am. Uh, well, I was beating you by uh, several hundred points. That's <laughs> uh, because TJ is over it. He doesn't enjoy r- r- the races anymore. Oh, I, oh, I was, oh, I was definitely over it about mid-season of Supercross. I said I was quitting. <laughs> I, well, you're you're totally for, for for the two people that listen, so they know you're totally blowing that completely sideways. I didn't say I don't like the racing; I just don't like to go stand in the stands with a bunch of drunk fans that half of them don't even know anything about motocross or or supercross for that. You know, what I mean, they they watch just a little bit of it, and then when you're sitting there trying to watch the race, something happens, and everybody in front of you has to stand up because people's eyeballs don't work unless they stand up. I guess I don't get it. <laughs> If you sit in an industry, you don't have to deal with all the all the uh, all the idiots of being drunk because they're all team. Well, yeah, or I, I know that. I'm just saying it, and it's just I don't know. And then you, the pits are only cool before and after all the retards are there. And wow, TJ know. is just—he's got a lot to say about the fans of of Supercross. Yeah, yeah. They're the yes. I don't care. Do you when you go to these, you y'all go to A one. I bet it's even worse there. About. Just the 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 fans that we and after the family and the, the, the fans, fans that we hope broken. that listen to our show, the people that we're going to try to get the fans that listen to our show and do, do not fall underneath that. You don't know people <laughs> who listen to us and Blair and Steve and that listen to Moto Podcast. Nobody listens to this show. No, no, I know. I know there's two people that listen, but <laughs> the fans that listen to all of that, all that listen to all that stuff, those guys. Are I mean that's a different, but there's that's a small amount. How many guys do you go to, like just a local race and have no clue about motocross podcast? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch. There's a there's a lot because the show doesn't give that many downloads as it needs. Well, anyways, I'm excited. What else? What do you guys think about 250? I mean, like who who are you expecting big things out of? Who do you think is going to be a letdown? Uh, who's racing 250? I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, uh, man, uh, it's hard to hard to pick. Um, I think it'll be either anybody on a star bike or anybody on a pro circuit bike. <laughs> yeah, I got I got AC man. AC's my guy. Yeah, uh, I and this and I haven't heard anything. Davalos is which coast? I believe he's Where? east or east. Yeah, he's yeah, east. Cause I think it's AC and March Banks West. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah Fort Fort Davalos yeah. east. Yep. Yeah, maybe Davalos will make it through the first turn this year. <laughs> so 
I guess you got to go with you guess got to go with AC. He's got to put this together. I just say it's like a it's not even just necessarily say I'm going to say he's the fastest and best. It's just that's who I want to win. He is the fastest guy when he can stay on two wheels. Yeah, that is that's what. And I mean, he's he needs to tame it down from the book of James Stewart. <laughs> yeah, well, you, there's there's possible rain in the forecast. So let's say it's a mutter. Uh, what, what does that do? Wind for, wind. What does that do for Aaron Plessinger? Uh, yeah, I mean, he'll be on the 450, and he could. Who knows? Chad Reed, Tim and Chad Reed go one two. Yeah. Why is there so little hype around him? He's just being quiet, man. Staying low, staying low profile. He hasn't been hasn't been posted on social media or yeah. nothing like that. Yeah, I'm just saying, there's like so little hype in the industry about how well he's going to well, do. There's no hype around any of the 450 rookies, really. I mean, Zach has been quiet. I mean, Tavachi's been the one posting the most, but he doesn't even post his own stuff, so that doesn't really count. Yeah. Well, I, I hope Zach is okay, but you know we we hear the rumors on Vital, but we don't know really what's going on. So hopefully he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'll see what Cooper Webb can do on a KTM. He didn't look very promising at Monster Cup. But. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of ifs and a lot of excitement, but we're only about four what four days away, something like that. Four days. I did so. get my NBC Gold Pass paid for. I know that. Wow, that's yeah. Because the the, t- the TV package sucks for Super Awesome. So See, I didn't you know, know. Did y'all listen to Wygant reason for that? It made total sense. I was pissed until I heard what Wygant said. I haven't because listened because they decided to come together like a week before the race started. Yeah, because it took so long. They already had stuff scheduled. They couldn't move everything that was scheduled just for Supercross. I mean, he's pretty sure that next year it's going to go back to everything live or better. You know what I mean? Than it was last year. So I'm. You know what? I'm just going to suck it up this year and hope for the best next. Well, the NBC Gold thing is the way to go anyway. It's really not that expensive yeah, yeah. for what you get, and there's going to be a lot of extra stuff, I think, in the next couple of years on that package, on that app. Well, yeah, their, their pricing is so far. Like, it was, it's $80 just for Supercross or $90 for with outdoors. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. But it shows how much people don't watch outdoors, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even actually notice that. I just signed up and paid whatever I yeah, paid. It, yeah, it's seventy nine ninety nine for Supercross only, or ninety dollars for both. Oh, so. huh. I didn't even yeah. notice that. Oh well, yeah. I'm already paid, so it is what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pay this week sometime when I'm since I, I don't really don't have anything going on right now. Right. So. Well, TJ, when are you back in studio? Never. Um, the well, next week, I ne- guess. Next a one. Okay. Well, we'll I'll have yep. to try to have some we'll make sure have, try to make sure I have some guests lined up and all that, and we'll we'll talk about what a one what happened at a one at that point. YouTube live. Yeah, yeah, we'll do the YouTube thing again, and I'll have to get all the equipment back to your house. Yeah, TJ like is obsessed with YouTube. It's ridiculous, YouTube, bro. He's like a five year old. The, the kids, that's all they're into is YouTube. YouTube is. Fortnite, bro. I don't play Fortnite though. Yeah, you do. Look at your bank account. It comes. That's my son. You retard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you. speaking of Doc, how did he, he how did he do at the Arena Cross this weekend? I guess uh, what? He, he got beat by a beginner. No, he did not. <laughs> he got he got second and third both nights. I think he got a second yeah, and third both like nights. Yeah. Hey, he had a good night. I know he won the first night. He won one and got second in the other, and then the other one, one two, he. Three. He went two three, yeah. So okay. I mean, starting out in the B class, that's not pretty. That's not bad at all. Yeah, well, good, good deal. I haven't, yeah, I haven't talked to him. I need to text him. 
But, uh, yeah, he gets well, flat across one, the loop. Yeah, once CJ starts yelling at him that he's stuck in the loop, he'll be a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I've already had been. Yeah. All right. Well, he's got the suspension to do it, so you just got to stack up and hit him. Well, you guys got anything else before I let you go and call Hal? That's it, bro. No. That's it, bro. Everybody have a safe trip getting out there, and then all the fans, like, y'all see that big tatted-up rock star guy, rock star-looking dude with a bandana on in the pit. Go by and punch him in the nuts for me. No. All right. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, stickers and business cards and all that kind of stuff to pass out. So, Awesome, man. All right, later. Okay, later. we'll see you guys. Later. All right, and that's TJ, DJ TJ and JT Cooley. And I'm going to get Hal on the phone here in just a second, and we'll, we'll see what he's got to say. Be right back. All right, on the phone with me now is Mr. Hal Simpson. You guys know Hal. He calls in the Pulp Show. He's uh, on Instagram, Twitter. He's lots of fun. He's a good buddy of mine. Hal, how you doing tonight, man? Hey, brother. I'm doing all right. How are you, man? Doing good. So uh, I guess you're out in the shop trying to put that piece of junk of yours back together? Yeah, I'm putting the beast, uh, the beast, the 760 back together for round two of the Winter Series, man. Yeah, you missed the first round. You you were spending some time with your your wife and your mom, but the first round was probably way too cold anyway. Yeah, it was. It looked a little chilly, man. Some of the guys on the Instagram and Facebook that it looked pretty cold. I saw a bunch of hoodies flying around up there. Yeah, I saw saw the the pictures of Skippy and his his chick uh, crash out in a tent. I thought that was a little insane. Yeah, that that's a that's a little old school, man. Skippy, uh, he he did the hardcore way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Go. So how we're uh, we're a few days away, about four days away from A one. Uh, Want to get your thoughts? I know I know Dino is going to be your number one pick, but outside of Dino, well, just everything. What what are your thoughts on what we've got going into A one? Well, man, I, I think it's going to. I have a real good feeling about this year, man. Um, you know, after uh, Dungey left, uh, kind of shook up the field, you know, a little bit, and I, I think the last you know couple of seasons it's been a little bit unstable, but I. I think we're kind of getting some more uh, depth into the 450s and even into the 250 field. I think we've got some some fast dudes coming up and uh, got a lot of seniority in the 250 east and the west. Uh, and, you know, got some new blood in 450. So I think this is going to be turn out to be an exciting year. I, I think we're going to have multiple winners uh, in multiple rounds. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to run away from it. I I, I'm I'm excited about it, man. I'm I'm probably not going to be as at many rounds or as involved as I was last year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a good spectator this year, and I I'm excited about it, man. Really am. Yeah, yeah. I was just on the phone with uh, DJ TJ and JT, and we talked about you know, look, we, there's rumors of Eli being a little banged up. There's rumors that Zach might be a little banged up. Um, you know, we don't know any of this stuff yet. We'll find out come Saturday night, but. Um, so if, if everybody's healthy, what do you, what do you see happening? What are your thoughts? Who's going to win? You know, who's going to be disappointed? Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, man, for 250 West, I, you know, I've got a kind of a couple of, of, uh, two watch guys. I think McElrath is going to do it. I think he's going to pick it up. That guy, I, I think the motorcycle holds McElrath back. He's such a big dude and he's so strong. I, I think he labors that 250, uh, but I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna show show the the number one podium this year to us. 
Um, I think Fortner is probably going to be right behind him. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Fortner being the brand-new guy, the yeah. young kid. You know, now he's, uh, you know, watching him the first couple of years, he, he just looked young and goofy. And uh, Julie and I went to the, the GP at, in uh, North Carolina, and, I mean, he just looked like a 13-year-old kid. He just, God, he might have been a 13-year-old kid. He, he was just so, so you know, he was all thumbs. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think he's, he's grown into, a, you know, a, a, I think a somewhat mature guy. So I think he's going to be, you know, up there in the top. Um, but I'll tell you, man, the, I want to see what Jacob Hayes does. I'm excited to watch him. I think seeing Cirillo is going to give McElrath a good fight for his, his money. I, I really believe it's going to be between those two, McElrath and seeing Cirillo. Yeah, um, I do the, too. The exciting things to watch for me are going to be Carson Brown. I think he's going to be kind of the, the brand-new standout guy. I think he's he's like a Fortner, but with more maturity and more focus. He's not as, you know, haphazard. Um, and then Blos. I think Blos and Harrison are going to be there. So my, my 250 West Coast top five at the end of the year is going to be McElrath, Cian Cirillo, Fortner, Harrison, and Carson Brown. I'm going to put Brown in there at five. Well, I think um, Fortner's running east. Is he? Yeah, I, thought, uh, I think Marchbanks is the West guy. Is he? I thought I saw him in the uh, provisional sign-in sheet. That, that could be. He told me he thought he was running east, but that could be wrong. Okay, I, I, he's on the, uh, yeah, he's on the provisional sign-up sheet okay. for, uh, for Anaheim. So. Okay, well, that, that, hey, that's great. I hope so. I yep. mean, I'd like to see what he's got. But, yeah, AC and uh, Mac, McElrath are the guys that I think are the probably two most likely to do well if they stay healthy. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm pulling for AC this year. Yeah, well, I I'm pulling for McElrath, so you and I are well, going to go at it. That's because, <laughs> yeah, you, you don't know any better. You're a KTM guy, and you're a Troy Lee guy, you know. I mean, so. That's right. That's right. So I, I, I'm really excited to see him. I hope he wins McElrath because I want to see him on a 450. I think that guy is going to be an easy, fast transition from 250 to 450, top mm-hmm. three, top five, my guy. Um, and then going into 450, of course, I mean, anybody that knows me knows what I'm going to say. Um, but I, I, I think the, the guys to watch out for uh, in 450 are, of course, Dean Wilson. Uh, and he's in a real – man, you know, people people are saying he ought to be in the bus or he ought to be in the truck. And he, man, I think of anybody, I think he is probably in the best place of anybody. Because you got, you got to look at it like this. He's not – he's not the, the pressure is off. Right. I, from, what I, from what I understand, what I, what I can gather – um, I think his sponsors are taking care of him. And look, they're taking care of a guy based on him being who he is, not his finishes and outdoors. Um, it's a Dean Wilson effort. So, you know, I, I think that the pressure is off. He's not going to have to go out and please a team manager for his salary every day. Um, he's going to be, I think, in the top five uh, at the end of the year. And I think he's going to challenge for some podiums, solid podiums. Definitely. And I think he's going to be there every weekend. And, uh, you know, barring any injuries or anything like that uh, for anybody else, I think he's going to be in the top five. If somebody in the top three gets busted up, he's going to move up. And, you know, I really, I, I, me personally, I'm not concerned about his health or his, um, 
his uh, injury status. I, I think the guy is just mentally, I think he's freed up to just pin it. I hope so. Um, yeah, me too, man. I God, I, I think I'd run out on the track and tackle somebody to help him win. <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I'd love to see it too. Um, I want to get... <laughs> I want to get your opinion on um, two other guys. Barsha, Justin Barsha is somebody that I'm really interested in. So let's let's talk about him first. What do you think um, his his season's going to look like? Uh, that, man, that one's uh, – I think Barsha is going to be a, a top three, top four guy. My really? only concern my, – yeah, my only concern with Barsha is consistency. Um, he, he, he comes across to me as one of those – flash in the pan is not the right word, but – He's very sparkly in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then he he tends to fade away. But I think a lot of that is you know Keeper has a, a, a an opinion that if you have a good home life and you're sound mentally, then you're going to do better on the track. And I, I think that's a hundred percent correct. You know, Barsha I think has grown a little bit, um, and with ass whippings comes character. Believe me, I know, and I think. The donations, and last year, I think uh, I think Barsha grew a little bit. So I think he's a top three, top five guy. If I could, if I could say who is going to finish close to him, I think Wilson and Barsha are going to battle for a position, get four or five at the end of the year. I can see that. I mean, uh, that top five, six is it's just going to be tight all the way around if everybody stays healthy. I mean, you've got Eli, you've got Jason, Marvin, um, Kenny, Dino. Barsha, Cooper Webb, Chad Reed's going to be in there at times. Uh, that's the other guy I want to talk about here in a second. But there's just, yeah, there's just a un, so many fast dudes that <laughs> anybody could win, anybody could get fifth, and you really can't be surprised. You got Blake Baggett, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, Justin Brayson, Brayton, Mookie. Um, if Zach is healthy, we've got Zach, we've got Plessinger, you know, I mean, A1 could be a mutter. We were just talking about that a little bit ago. The weather's looking like rain. You could have Plessinger on the top spot and and a guy like Chad Reed on the box, and and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about Mudd and Plessinger. Um, We had Mudd at the donations, and Plessinger, you know, wasn't that spectacular. Um, But he was on a, you know, I I understand it's a little bit different scenario, Supercross and outdoors, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think Supercross being a mudder – I don't know if it's going to help him that much in the 450 class with all the other guys. Um, Reed is good in the mud. Reed's good in a super cross track that's muddy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but, you know, looking at the weather report, um, it's looking 60% chance of rain, no rain on Friday. There's going to be a lot of wind in the air on Thursday. So if they get rain, and they're only calling for less than one-tenth of an inch. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we're talking about a sprinkling of yeah. water. So I, I don't think there's any chance of it being a mutter. Um, I think it, I think the, your box is going to look like uh, uh, Anderson, um, uh, uh, Baggett, Reed, uh, and Kenny Roxon. Um, and I think Wilson will be uh, up in there. I, I really do believe, though, that Baggett is going to be of the superstar class. I think Baggett is going to be the guy that challenges the Roxons and the Reeds uh, and the Tomax. And you notice I haven't mentioned Marvin. Yeah. Man, I, I just have a weird suspicion that his little white string is going to come out more often this year than we've ever seen him before. Um, I, I'm just, 
I don't know. I, I just don't. I, I wouldn't take him to a bar fight. Um, I just don't <laughs> see the. I don't see the toughness. Right. I know. Um, yeah. I, I if I went to a bar fight, I would take you, and I would take Ken Roxon and and Chad Reed. I, I would leave Ken. Or sorry, I would leave Marvin in the uh, Uber. Um, <laughs> I just don't see any fight in him. I. I, I... I know what you're trying to say. I, I, I can see where that's coming from. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you, man, I, I got to give it up to the, uh, and, and, each, and in my list here, in the 250s, I picked a more or less privateer, if you want to call these guys that. I don't think any of these guys are really privateers, but uh, Van Martin. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't know him. I've never met him. I've never introduced myself to him. But in the last several weeks, um, I've been watching him ride at Three Palms. And let me tell you, the ki- and, and I know some folks out at uh, VPMX uh, in Richards, Texas, that have been watching him and working with him. The kid is freaking on fire. Um, I think Van Martin of the privateer class. I think he, you know, B class, B qualifier type guy. That guy, I think, is gonna is gonna smoke the. I think he is gonna finish in the top ten, if not the top seven. Um, I'll roll the dice and, and put my cards on on Van for the fastest privateer of the year. I, I wouldn't doubt if that guy uh, winds up leaving all south and going to some place like MCR or you know more of a B team type right. very shortly. The kid, the kid is he, he's focused, man. I yeah, I he, look for good things. He seems like he's ready. Uh, you know, he's a friend of ours, and I, I'm very excited to see what he does. And, and I hope everything you just said does happen. So hey, the last guy I want to really kind of we, we touched on him, but you you helped Chad Reed's team out last year. Uh, you're friends with Dan Truman and Goose, who rents for him last year. Now he's at JGR. Um, what do you think his year's going to look like? What you, you see him getting a podium this year? Um, you know, where does he finish overall? Yeah, for sure, I, I really do. Um, you know, it, it, that was a great time in life. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, I had a had a cool deal that was possibly going to come together. Uh, but didn't, and uh, Bogle wound up, wound up going to uh, uh, Rocky Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's another guy we're going to see some some top fours and fives out of. If he can stay healthy, that's one of those big hits with him. But I think Reed is, uh, I think Reed's going to be a top three guy from time to time. I wouldn't doubt if he gets his momentum and, and, and the, you know, the mind is right, the mojo is right, and the momentum is right, I wouldn't doubt if he strings three or four podiums together. Um, we saw in Las Vegas uh, flashes of the old Chad Reed in the heat. When when he gets out front and when he gets the crowd behind him and when he gets that mojo under that helmet, that guy is almost unstoppable. And you could see moments like him and you know folks that were close to him at that time kind of raise their eyes like, holy shit, he's back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so uh, just being that close to it and seeing it, uh, I have a lot of faith. And, and, you know, he has great people around him. Um, I messaged his wife the other day, and they're all very pumped. Dan, you couldn't have a better guy in your corner than Dan. JGR speaks for itself. Um, you know, I, I mean, he if he is going to have a good year, this is the year that he'll have it. And, you know, barring any... You know, somebody landed on him. If 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 JS Seven comes out of the stands and lands on him, <laughs> then it'll be a problem. But I uh, I think he's going to have a good year. I, I do. 
Well, cool, man. Well, how um, I've got to get to our first guest here in a few minutes. We've got Kurt Lucas with the original Whiskey Throttle Radio coming up. But uh, I appreciate you coming on for a few minutes, and uh, I'll see you Friday. Yeah, brother. I will see you, man. Go, go, go KTM. <laughs> yeah, well, get yours back together so you can <laughs> put that thing around at the next race. All right, brother. Have a good night, man. See you, Al. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back with Kurt Lucas. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing will be a title sponsor in Supercross and supporting riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Damon Bradshaw, and many more. Uh, Go to flyracing.com or your local dealer to see all that Fly has to offer. As a matter of fact, tonight we are giving away a Fly Podium bike stand. And the way we're going to do that is... Uh, go to MotoXPodShow.com, hit the contact form, give me who you think is going to win A1 in both classes, and the people that get it right will pick one of those to, we'll draw out of the winners for the podium stand. But on the line with me is the host and creator of the original Whiskey Throttle radio show, Mr. Kurt Lucas. What's up, Kurt? How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, just got back from Florida, I'm back in North Carolina now, so... Ready to go to work tomorrow. Yeah? What have you been doing? Is that where your family is, down in Florida? Yeah. Um, yeah, down in South Florida, like Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Um, actually just moved up here in North Carolina. I work for Risk Racing now. Yeah, yeah, um, I've seen that, which I, I use their uh, their lock and load stands in my van. Okay, awesome, yeah. Uh, you know, I started here in September, so kind of getting the lay of the land up here in North Carolina. A lot different than Florida, but uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Well, that's cool, man. Well, how did you get in on that deal with risk? Honestly, I was I was just looking for jobs. You know, uh, I I finally understand that I'm becoming an adult. <laughs> I can't live the the college dream anymore. So I was just looking for jobs. Um, obviously, wanting a job in the industry, and just came across a job posting uh, on one of those online job boards. And cool. Said, you know, I'm going to apply, and if I get the job, you know, pack up everything and, and move. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, kind of got a, a job inside the industry, and those guys support a lot of riders. Uh, I know for a long time, they, uh, I think Moto Concept was using those lock and load systems. I don't know if they still are, but they're they're great systems, and they've got a lot of cool products on their website. Yeah, I was actually just I just talked to Tony Alessi the other day. Um, we have those whole shot race gates. Yeah, so we sent them out to they they use those. Uh, a couple other teams. I know JGR has has quite a few, and Rockstar Husky as well. Very cool. So, so I met you at uh, Tennessee at the Outdoor National, yep. and you were, you know, I think I don't think you'd been doing the Whiskey Throttle Radio Show very long at that point. Um, how, how's it been going since then? You know, and how how do you feel the progression of the show's been? I mean, I, I listen to it when I can. Um, there's a lot of moto podcasts out there, and and I get behind a little bit, but I really enjoy that you get a lot of privateers, and it's really cool. Yeah, so, so when I met you, uh, was at round four of the outdoors, I think I had done two or three episodes, um, kind of just feeling out how I wanted to do it and stuff. Obviously, 
Um, being a smaller podcast, I was just kind of getting the privateers on. One, because I think a lot of people like to enjoy listening to privateers yes. talk and, you know, how they live their life on the road and stuff. And I think it's a lot, you know, it's really cool content and they're just normal people like you and me, Dark Side. So um, that's kind of what I want to do. Um, obviously, you know, it's been a little slow, <clears throat> excuse me, slow the last couple of days or a couple of months with uh, the off season. Yeah. But I'm re- ready to get ramped up for Supercross. Um, I'm just trying to change things up. I had a, I have a new segment with my old college roommate. He knows nothing, not one thing about dirt bikes. So I have him watch the races and he drinks a couple of beers and, you know, tries to talk, t- tell me what's going on and stuff like that. So I'm just really trying to have fun with it. Well, that's cool. How's it been getting guests? I mean, you, you, you kind of asked me at that round, like how I went about getting some of the guests and, and I noticed, you know, you picked up blood lubricants as a, as a sponsor, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. 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 Correct. And, and and Jeff with Blood, he's going to be on here shortly after you, and he's been he's helping a number of Supercross teams out. I'm sure that he's probably been able to help you a little bit. But how's that been going? Like when you reach out to guys to get them on, um, what's the reaction been? Yes, first off, Jeff uh, with Blood is awesome. He you know he really helps me out, and uh, yeah, he's been helping me try to get uh, Chaz Cadillac on. He's their the team owner over there for Trigger. Um, and we're trying to get Bowers them on here. I've been kind of waiting on that. I wanted to do it more during the season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, at, at first with getting guests, I was kind of just relying on social media, you know, like private messaging these riders and stuff. But, you know, now that I have some contacts with different riders, I can, like, ask them, hey, like, um, do you have so-and-so's number? Can you see if they would want to come on and stuff like that? So it's getting easier and easier. So hopefully, and then try to get to some of these super cross rounds and, uh, you know, meet some you know, face to face and get some, you know, bigger names on too. Absolutely. Now is that, do you plan on making, do you know which rounds you're going to make or do you have anything set in stone yet? So as of right now, um, we do Daytona every year, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, being from Florida, we've done that the past 10 years. So that one is an obvious one. I'm really looking forward to Nashville just because I've never been there. It hurts a real cool city and stuff like that. So, and it's kind of a new venue for Supercross. So definitely. And then I, I just, I just realized Atlanta's East West shootout. Um, so I'll probably try to make that one because that's only about three hours from me. So, oh, so far, go. those three, I have some family in Detroit, so I might try to make that to that one as well. Cool, cool. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's it right now. Yeah, you're, none of the ones you mentioned are, are any of the ones that I'll probably be at, unfortunately. Um, I'd like to do Nashville because it is somewhat close, but I'm going to the one bef- – I don't remember what the races are before and after it, but I'm going to the two – the one before the one after it. I think it's Denver and Houston. Oh, okay. So to take another weekend off, kind of with what, the way my job works, it just probably won't work out. But um, so I, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the second whiskey throttle show that started. Um, how 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 do you feel about that? If you even want to talk about it, and if you don't, we'll just go. We'll pass over it. But you know, what do you think about Ping Show? I mean, so obviously I haven't listened to it. Uh, kind of don't want to listen to it. But <laughs> I mean, obviously whiskey. I'm. Yeah, I'm small. Like I just started uh, with my podcast and stuff like that, so I'm not not like I expect anyone like big like Ping in the industry to even know. But I mean, maybe they should have done their research first. <laughs> but I mean, it's whatever. Uh, I don't whiskey barrel is a big term in the motocross in the motocross um, community, so sure. I don't think they did it on purpose or anything like that. But the thing that got me, like obviously, like when I I had a bunch of my friends like sending me or tagging me in the photos and stuff like that, and I kind of. You know, like, just commented on one of their pictures, like, oh, like, really original name guys, and, like, they were kind of, like, 
they weren't that cool about it. I mean, they're like calling me out and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, that's not cool. Like take my name in, you know, be jerks about it. But it is what it is. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's kind of the sense I got. Like I like ping. Um, he's been really good to us. He's come on the show. He's always been friendly. Um, but, and now I have not heard this firsthand, so I, d- I don't know for sure, but somewhere, apparently, in an interview, he asked, he was asked if he knew there was another whiskey throttle, he, or, and he said, yeah, you know, something along the lines of, yeah, it's just some guy out in the Midwest or something like that, you know, like basically blowing your show off, and that kind of bums me out, because I don't, I don't feel like well, that's how we, you know, I just don't, I don't know, I'm too nice of a guy, maybe, and I don't think we should treat each other that way in such a small industry, um, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been that hard to find, figure out that there's, they, they did mention him and GL mentioned that there's like the, getting the whiskey throttle name on Instagram was difficult or on Twitter because there's so many others, but so I, you'd think they had to come up with something else uh, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like it's just one of those things where they just picked that name. So I knew they were going for like the, like the saloon. Yeah. Um, they do. They do it, like, live or whatever. So, I mean, I get it. It is what it is. If You know, if anything, maybe, I'll, you know, my name's getting out there more. Just people, well, you know, people keep bringing it up in comments and stuff like that. But Yeah, I would think at least when people are searching it on Instagram and whatnot, yours, yours comes up. So, um, you know, and like I said, I know you've been doing it for, you know, nine months, whatever it is now, and... Yeah, it was kind of bummed me out a little bit, but because, like I said, you're a really cool dude. I think you've got a lot of good content, and hopefully it uh, um, it won't affect you in a negative way. Uh, you know, we had somebody, a freestyle guy, create a show that was called the Moto X Show, and his logo looked almost like ours, and this happened probably really? six months ago, and we were pretty upset, and, you know, we kind of messaged the guy. I wish I could remember what freestyler it was right now. It's, his name's slipping my mind, but... He was really cool about it. He's like, dude, I, you know, I didn't know about it until after I had all the artwork done. And by then, you know, and he did find out. He knows Daniel Blair. And, and he's like, what I, so what he did was he added his name to it, like his personal name, the Moto X, Moto oh, okay. X show. So it kind of separated a little bit, which we appreciated because the guy didn't have to do that. And he was a bigger name in the industry than we were. So, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer when you kind of run up against something like that because you and us, we're, we're, we're small time, man. I mean, we're not. We're not one of the big guys, and, you know, hopefully we'll get there one day. But, yeah, it, it, it just is what it is. But I was curious on how you how you felt about it. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit nail on the head. But it was more so, like, when I reached out, they, were, like, they weren't that cool about it. Right. You know? So that, that's what kind of bugged me. But it's funny, I don't know if you noticed, on my logo, because my number is 101, so on, on my logo, on the dirt bike, in my logo, it's 101, which is also Pingree's number. <laughs> right. So I thought that was, you know, like, what are the odds of that? That is funny. I didn't notice that. But now that you say it, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll run into Ping Saturday sometime or Friday sometime. I have to, I may have to ask him about it personally, you know, to see what he says. Oh, so, you're going A1? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to fly out Friday morning. You're big time. <laughs> big time over there. Well, I um, I was we we have a couple good sponsors that are helping us out a little bit, and I was able to pick about four rounds to go to, and mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't pass up a one. And then we're doing my fiance pick Denver, and I'm going to Glendale and Vegas, and of course the two Texas rounds. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, Kurt, I, man, I heard they changed some something up with the with the, like the press passes. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what happened. And I think I may have talked about this last week is, um, I, I applied like I did last year and 
the the person, her name's Jennifer, that's in charge of that, she sent me an email back and said, well, since it's your first year, uh, I can't remember exactly how it was worded. I was like, well, it's not our first year, technically. And she asked how many downloads we have per week. And I, I answered that. And she said, well, they're requiring this year, it started this year, 10,000 original downloads per week to get credentials for every round if you want to do the national, basically the whole thing. Um, outside of your local area, which we, we aren't getting 10,000. We're not even close to 10,000. Um, so she said, well, you can get your press credentials like I did last year for Texas, for the Texas rounds, but any other rounds, I would not be allowed access on Saturday. And through, through talking to her, I called and I actually talked to Sean Brennan with Feld and I said, well, you can get press day access, which is on Friday. And, uh, so that's fine. That's, you know, that's better than nothing. So I am getting credentials for that, but I do not believe, as of right now, I will not have press box access. I will not have press conference access. And they are tightening up on Saturdays. They don't want any any interviews done in the pits on Saturdays because the teams are trying to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that. The major teams are pretty strict with that. But yeah. uh, like Ted Parks with TPJ and some of the other guys, Hep, man, those guys are like, no, we want you to come by. And, you know, we, they, they want that mm-hmm. publicity. So... I'm just going to play it by ear and see how it works out. And I know A1 is going to be insanely hectic, so I'm not going to push much yeah. for that. But the following week at Glendale, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to get into the press conference. I mean, I think I would think they'd want us all in there. You know, there's not a ton of coverage yeah. anyway. Yeah, definitely. So, have you applied for any credentials for the rounds you're going to? I haven't. To? I haven't. Um, I just kind of figured out which ones I was going to not a couple of days ago. Yeah. So. I've been meaning to do it. dropping the ball over here. Yeah, get in there because they they usually get back to you within a week or two, but it takes a little bit, and there, okay. there's a little questionnaire and all that kind of stuff. But um, okay. So hey, so I want to ask you about uh, 2019, man. It's about to start. You know what? What are you looking forward to most? You know what? What do you think is going to happen? Who are you pulling for? Yeah, I'm super excited. It's like you know, you get Christmas and New Year's, and then you get A1, so it's like <laughs> right. three holidays in a row. Yeah. Um. But I think, obviously, the biggest question for 2019 is, can Eli Tillman get it done? Um, I I would have to think he's the you know odds-on favorite, but, but with the past two years going the way they've gone, it's like, it's so up in the air. But I can't remember the last time someone so dominant, you know, winning half the races in the past two seasons hasn't come out with the championship. Yeah, I agree. I think things have been really strange the last couple of years with the little mishaps he's had, uh, you know, whether they be brain farts or just mistakes, whatever they are, um, you'd, you'd like to think that he's got that figured out, you know, but then you have the rumors of the injury. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know. I don't think he's really hurt. Like, I think he might have got kind of banged up. I talked to my yeah. the person I know at Kawasaki, and I was told that he's good to go. So hopefully he will be. But then you also have, like, the question mark of Ken Roxon, you know. I mean, he's had two massive injuries in the last couple of years. Where is he going to be? The thing about Roxon, though, is he's this offseason, I feel like it's been pretty well for him, and mm-hmm. he hasn't had that. So I, I could see him coming out and winning A1 and Glendale and really dominating the first couple rounds with, you know, Marvin's a little banged up. Yep. If Tomac's banged up. Um, obviously, Anderson's going to be right there, too. But I could easily see, you know, Roxon coming out and winning the first couple rounds, honestly. Yeah, I have had a couple people in some of my group messages stamp it that Kenny's going to win. And then I, I saw on Twitter um, – Whoever does the Dark Sides Ponytail 
Twitter account stamped mm-hmm. it that Kenny was going to win. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going with Eli. I think if Eli's healthy, I think he wins A1. The other thing, though, with Eli is it's a new, all, entirely new bike. Mm-hmm. And was that two years ago when they had a new bike? Yeah. It kind of took them a little while to get adjusted. That's true. I mean, so it's just something to think about. Like, obviously, if any of those four guys come out and win uh, Anaheim 1, it's not going to be a big surprise. So, but yeah, it, I'm more, like, interested on... Or good, so. I was just going to say, I'm interested in, the, in all the rookie, the quote-unquote 450 rookies. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Um, yeah, that's, I can't remember the last time, like, four big-name rookies all came up at the same time. Um, obviously, I, I think, I want to get your opinion, but I think Zach is kind of going to be the favorite out of those four, just because he's older and he seems to be a real smart rider and more seasoned. Yeah, I believe he is the favorite. If the the rumors on Vital are not true that he's hurt, um, so that's you know there there were some rumors that came out a couple of days ago that he was banged up and I don't think he's really responded yet. But if he's healthy, yeah, I think he's to me he's a top five guy. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, obviously we kind of saw what Hill had in him last year in Tampa. But it'll be interesting how long it takes for them to adjust racing 450s. Like, obviously, the professional motocross riders, they can ride 450s damn well, but yeah. racing it and stuff. But, yeah, I think Zach, by, by midseason, he'll be consistent top five guy. I agree. Well, let me ask you about one of the guys that um, is sponsored by your sponsor, Blood, uh, Tyler Bowers. What have you heard? Have you heard he? Because I really haven't heard a whole lot out of him since we talked to him a few weeks ago, but, you know, I don't really know where his program's at. A week before I won. I haven't heard. I haven't heard much, um, but I kind of think that he gets a lot of support from Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he tests for them and all that, so you know he's going to be on really good equipment. They're obviously going to try to help him out because there aren't that many Kawasaki's out there. You know, just really those three. I think I'm, it's just Tomac, Savachi, and Bowers. I, I'm pretty sure. So I think he's you know got a really good program going. Obviously, riding with those guys all the time. Uh, I think it'll be good. I remember, like, before Oakland, before he had that big get-off, he was, like, creeping up, you know, 8th, ninth. Yeah. Uh, he almost won a heat race, so I think he'll be good. Um, I know he had a little injuries in the offseason, but I think that was just minor stuff. Yeah, his finger was bothering him. He did some of those overseas races, and it, it was kind of bugging him a little bit, but I, I think he's probably over that by now, at least. Maybe not completely, but re- he'll be ready to go. He's a tough dude. Um, how about Mookie, man? Mookie went to Moto Concepts. Um He's in the, probably in the best shape he's been in since he's been on 450s. What do you see him doing this year? I So, uh, I have a cat named Mookie, so I'm a big <laughs> Malcolm Stewart fan. Okay. I really hope he does. You and I both know he's got the speed and the talent. You know, he rides a bike just as good as anyone. And I think the biggest thing is being prepared. I think he kind of, you know, what maybe didn't take it 100% seriously during the offseason. And obviously you saw that. He hasn't raced Anaheim 1 on a 450. Um, so I, re- I know he's in really good shape. Uh, you know, I see videos of him all the time on Instagram, um, and Tony send- sends me some as well. So I know, like, he's in really good shape. I've- everything I'm hearing is he's re- in really good shape and he's, you know, riding really good. Uh, so I hope he, you know, I could, if, he- if, in a perfect world, he'll be five to eight every weekend. Right. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's, it's Malcolm Stewart, so who, it's so, he's such a wild card, you know? 
Definitely, but I, I, he's always exciting in the whoops. You know, that you get that Mookie heat lap speed. Hopefully, he can carry that through. Uh, just, I really, I think it, it's been just being in shape to me has been the issue, and um, I, he looks like he's in shape this year. So, yeah, hopefully, he's good to go. Yeah, definitely. It's you know, it's be interesting to see. You, you know, you mentioned like the heat race speed on uh, those triple crowns. You know, maybe if he can get up there and get on the podium. You know. Yeah, I'd love to see it. All right, Kurt. Well, uh, man, I appreciate you coming on tonight a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to see what I can do about making that Nashville race. So maybe I can come up there and visit with you. And I got some other buddies going, and it's just going to be a fun round. So, yeah, hopefully I can make that happen. Yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be awesome. And we'll definitely keep in touch. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, help me promote the original Whiskey Throttle. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody's listening to this and you haven't checked it out, man, give it a listen. Whiskey Throttle Radio. He's on Instagram. Uh, I believe he's on Twitter also. Uh, and just, yeah, it, you can find his show at the same place you find ours or any of the others. But, um, iTunes and any of the apps that Stitcher or whatever, it's there. Check it out because it's a good mm-hmm. show. we got to support the industry. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Darkside. All right, Kurt, man. You have a good night, and I'll talk to you soon, bud. All right. Later. All right, see ya. All right, that's Kurt Lucas. Um, I, I just want to mention again the the fly racing giveaway this this month is the podium stand. They're just a, a great motorcycle stand. Uh, I don't have one yet. I got to get my hands on one, but we're going to be giving one away. So go to motoxpodshow.com, hit the contact link, send a send an email with who you think's going to win four fifties, two fifties at a one, and whoever of the guys people that get it right, we will we'll pick a winner from that. And anyway, we'll take a commercial break and be back with Jeff Green with Blood Lubricants. This is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to ShockSocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? 
would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X-Pod show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using AMSOIL. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Ciancerello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickleware in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes, Trey. I wear Fly Wear Fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Amsoil. Uh, Dane Evans, Mad Jack Synthetics, is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. So contact them for any of your Amsoil needs. But on the line with me is uh, a buddy of mine who uh, runs another, owns another oil company, Mr. Jeff Green with Blood Lubricants. How are you doing tonight, Jeff? Good, Jamie. How are you doing? Doing real good, man. Getting uh, just super excited about A1. It's right around the corner and really excited to get you on. I mean, you... Um, You've kind of really come into the scene, into the moto scene anyway, pretty strong. Chris Kiefer has tested your product and had a lot of high, high things to say about blood lubricants. And uh, I know you're sponsoring a bunch of riders this year, and I wanted to get you on to talk about your product a little bit and just what you're trying to do. Sure. Uh, I'd be more than happy to, and we're delighted that uh, 
you gave us this chance, and uh, yeah, Chris has been been very good to us. Um, in fact, he told me today they're gonna start putting our blood logo on all of his uh, flag gear. He's got a deal and it's worked out. With him. So we were like, uh, you know, any and all uh, uh, visibility is good good from from my standpoint. Absolutely. Well, you know what what made you decide? How did you get started in this? First of all. And what made you dec- decide to let, let's hit the motocross market, the dirt bike market? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because the, the question I get, which is a legitimate one, is, you know, blood lubricants, who, who in the hell are they? And, you know, i never heard of you before. Um, just a little background. Um, we, we have been doing this a very long time. Uh, since 1983, we've been making and uh, manufacturing synthetic lubricants for uh, the the severe duty industrial market, uh, the really big large machines, um, and and the machines that have to run uh, eight, ten, twelve thousand hours or more at a time without shutting down. And you know, with the motocross, you help you get through thirty minutes. Right. These are for like these are like years. So we, we we've got a very uh, very good background from. Um, the chemical side of it, and then just you know, from my standpoint, I grew up as a kid. I grew up uh, with you know, riding bikes, had a Honda 50, Honda 70, Yamaha 125. Uh, you know, on up, my my cousins you know rode uh, Husqvarna's and Boltacos, and uh, it just was in our. You know, my dad was a a race engine builder, and we just really yeah, it was in my just kind of in my blood, and then kind of went our separate ways. Um, not really went our separate ways, but just really stuck to the industrial side for what thirty five years and I was like, Man, I need to uh you know, my my clients keep they call them like, Can you make you know, I'm using, you know, XYZ product. Uh, can you make me a uh, an oil for my motorcycle or my UTV or my quad or my automobile that's as good as the stuff you're doing for the industrial side? And so we would do that along the way. We've, uh, you know, uh, and really got into the building racing lubricants, which are different than what you would put, you know, just typical lubricants. Yeah. And and so a few years ago, I just decided that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my 60s uh, now. I wanted to have some fun and be able to bring something back to the market. And um, I just, as I looked at it and kind of from my passion, I felt like the, the, so the off-road market's a little bit underserved. By that, and we have some products that really work well, um, you know, in the motocross and supercross world, but also in the Baja 500, Baja 1000, the 24-hour Glen Helen, those races that really put oils and machines to the test. And so that's you know that's how we came into it. Um, you know, we we spent some time trying to come up with a name that people would remember, which. Uh, seems like it's worked with blood, you know, blood, blood racing. We dye our oils red just as a little bit of a marketing gimmick, but it actually <laughs> turned out that it actually turned out where, uh, for a lot of the off-road racers, it gives them kind of a visual indicator of when that oil's starting to, uh, get dirty or turn, uh, for whatever reason. So it's, it's been, it's been a fun ride. We make some really cool products and, uh, you know, I've told you a little bit along the way and I can fill you in more, um, with what's happening it's been just an absolutely crazy growth year for us yeah definitely i want to hear about that um we just had kurt lucas with whiskey throttle radio on i know you're helping him out sponsoring his show um yep. you're on board with tyler bowers i believe and a number of others so yeah let, let's tell me about uh you know what 
you're trying to do as far as promotion and how you've come to help guys like Tyler Bowers and other teams and just kind of tell me what your what your plans are for 2019. Sure. Um, well, when we put this together, we really, um, you know, we don't want to be uh, all things to all people. There's some companies that can do so many different things, and that's really not what I wanted to do. I really wanted to pick a niche and just make the best product available so that those racers have a, uh, an equal or maybe even an advantage to what the factory teams are doing. And that's really the goal. It first started on the motocross side with a fellow by the name of Chaz Cadillac and Henry Miller, the uh, racer, and they were just having all kind of um, problems with their clutch um, just burning up. Uh, and they were just, they tried everything. And basically, somebody got in touch with me and we helped them out to where now they, you know, at the end of the, end of the the races, that their their uh, their clutch and their oil looks brand new. Mm-hmm. And so we, that's really what started it. And then having Chris, you know, uh, test it and get on board really helped. And I really wanted to, to to bring it to you know to the market itself. We can if all the top guys are racing with it, then you know the other people are going to feel more comfortable about a company they've never heard of. And I was just looking through this before we got here. It's, it's amazing to me. You know, last year at this time, we had we had zero guys using our product. Right. Zero. I mean, zero as far as the pros like this. And this year, uh, I mean, I've got, uh, in addition to Tyler Bowers, I mean, we've got, um, I mean, I, I count, you know, Brandon Scher, Cody Van Buskirk, Cheyenne Harmon, you know, Bubba Pauly, Daniel Herline, Scotty Winstrom, Colton A. Rich Jackson, Tyler Bowers, and then in the 250s, you know, Joan Cross, Logan Carnall, Henry Miller, and then there's four or five others that are going to be racing just part-time during the year. So we've gone from basically nothing to almost 20 racers. Wow. And there's a, yeah, there's a reason for that, because because our product, you know, last year, if you, I know you, you went up to some of the motocrosses and people were, it was a very wet season. And you saw a lot of guys blowing their coolant out when that mud gets on there and having some real issues. And the guys running blood weren't having that issue. And, you know, that's one thing you need as a racer. You want something you got to, if you can't finish, you're not going to do it real well. Yeah, absolutely. That's, how do you, you know, I I know nothing about creating an oil, obviously. So how do you Uh test when you're developing this product, like, and say, okay, well, this works, this doesn't work. How does that process work? Like, where do you go to develop an oil, first of all, the, the, and then how do you decide what you need to change to make it better? Sure. Um, well, it helps having uh, good PhDs working for us, <laughs> the guys that, that truly understand all the chemical aspects of it so that I, myself, I'm, uh, I've been around the, the industrial world in my whole life, but I am not a biologist or a lubrication engineer <laughs> but 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 I, I know that idea I mean I know when a bike of what you want and so we work as a team to come up with 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 uh, different things in fact when we introduced the oils if you'll look at our website we basically had a year a year ago we had one set of racing oils and as I've worked with the racers in the market we've actually developed some other products because of those specific needs and that's one beauty of working with us versus um, Let's just use Tyler Bowers for example. Let's say he has he's using an oil. He's been you know running cowies and their factory oils. Maybe he's using oil and and something he wants something tweaked. We can tweak it 
and get it to him and have him test it. Uh, you can't do that. Most racers can't do that with their oil company. They either, if you're, you know, here's the bottle, use it, or here's a different bottle, yeah. use that. Okay. Yeah. So, so as far as testing, I mean, every market. I mean, we, I mean, we serve not only the motocross market and supercross market, but um, ETVs, ATVs, um, um, a lot of the, like trophy carts. We're even getting into. Um, the karting, you know, go-karts are really fast, really shifter go-karts. Yeah, yeah. Um, boat racing. Oh. Uh, through, another, through another company that I uh, own with uh, and work with another fellow on, we we actually have been doing uh, racing engine oils for automotives for a while, like on the World of Outlaw and dirt track racing. So we, we're very familiar with the race world and the different type of stresses that are put on an engine and what you need so that your uh, machine will keep operating during that tough environment. And that's, you know, that's really the key. You can build an all, uh, it's like anything, you can build an all that'll last, I'm sure you've seen commercials that'll last for 15, 20,000 miles, which you know, we can do that, everybody can do it. Uh, not the best race all, but it yeah. will last decent for that. Or you can build an all that will last for a particular type of really brutal race, and there's everything in between. I, I would think the like the Baja type stuff, especially like the the one thousand, that would be one of the probably more um, one of the more rough tests on an oil, on just on machine in general, but just the the amount of abuse a machine takes and for such a long period of time, and then with all the dust and dirt, I, I would think that'd be one of the probably harder. Uh, you know, it is. It is. It, it is, and it isn't. Uh, it if, if the guy's in first place, it's a pretty easy ride on an oil. <laughs> okay. I mean, really, because yeah. there's really all the dirt, the silt, all that problems are behind you. If you're in the middle of the pack, then you really need an oil that can handle what's all the the stuff that's being thrown at it, the temperatures, mm-hmm. etc. Um, to be honest, a more a more challenging one would be um, like an outdoor motocross where you get sixty pounds of mud on there, and those those temperatures go through the roof, and you're uh, you got a guy that rides the clutch, you know? Yeah. He, he rides the clutch for the whole time versus um, you know somebody that's smooth and doesn't really do that. And when you start doing that, and you've got those clutch plates turning against each other, I don't care what product you got, it gets really hot really quickly. So there, it, there's different type of environments sure. that, you know, you have to have. And that's one thing that we bring to the table is we're familiar with those different environments and actually can, we have product or we can, you know, if necessary. What we've got right now is pretty pretty broad length, but if somebody had some unique thing, we could actually come up with something that would work for that. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's impressive that, like I said, I, I honestly hadn't heard of blood lubricants. You mentioned that a while ago, uh, a year ago, you know, and then I know I saw Chris Kiefer kind of mention it, and um, you started sponsoring my producer son, Doc Smith, you know, and and, right. and I've talked to you a few times, and um, yeah, I mean, I hear nothing but good things about it, so you know, again, Amazon is a sponsor of the show, and Dane's a buddy of mine, and I love the product. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with. It's good to have other good products out there. Other, you know, competition that keeps everybody on their toes, and um, you know, it's well, good just, for the sport. Yeah, well, just like racing, you know, we we need competitors like Amsoil and others out there that are really high quality, good good people that will 
you know, make us do better. Sure. And that's, that's the idea. And, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of excellent products out there. It's more of just individually what you as a racer can use to best focus on getting the, the best performance out of your machine. You know, some guys have a machine that costs two grand. Some guys have a machine that costs a hundred grand and they, they have had different needs. And that's really, really the goal here is to be able to put a product in a racer's hand that can get to his best performance. Right. Now, I'm probably going to sound somewhat ignorant here, but I'm a Honda guy, um, so I have a separate reservoir for trans- transmission fluid. Um, sure. I don't know if any of the other brands do that. Does that make a difference in, like, would you build, if you were building an oil specifically for a Honda, is there a difference in what you would suggest using? Because um, Go ahead, yeah. Well, just because I have a separate reservoir. Right. Well, you know, if you've got a Harley, you've got three separate reservoirs. Oh. If you've got, there, there's different machines that have different reservoirs for that. I mean, UTVs have got basically a motorcycle engine, but they have a separate reservoir for the transmission as well. Uh, the, the clutch and gearing is a little different, but yeah. you know, it's just, they're all basically the same type of engine. Um, yeah, that's a, that's really a good that's really a good question. I mean, I would always defer to what the manufacturer tells you at first mm-hmm. and make sure that you're following their guidelines because if you don't uh you know they've they've tested it more than any any of us on the all side have done that and if they're telling you to you know to run something they probably have an idea of why to do that that being said um we our products and other the other oil manufacturers most of those products will will work on the wet the just because the transition is separate doesn't necessarily mean anything yeah uh you know as long as it can work with the wet clutch and the in that same standpoint that's really more of a critical component uh we make a, a separate gear oil um one thing i like to tell people you know it's interesting because in the old days when it's just straight petroleum the 10w40 zero thirty, all those all those designations were Fairly, uh, they meant more than they do now. Now, a synthetic product, whoever's it is, particularly if you use a good synthetic, the viscosity index is so high that you have very little change in the viscosity during the temperature range. Oh, okay. So what you put it, you know, in the old days you put a thick oil in. By the time it gets hot, it's really thin. Now it's you put it in and it's a little thinner and it stays that way the whole time. And that's. One reason the synthetics are such a a much better choice for racers. Uh, it's just a, a better piece. Stays more consistent. That, yeah, but you, what we make, uh, what I was going to say is that, you know, if I say, hey, you've got a 50, yeah, 10W50 or a 90-weight gear oil, you know, the, the guy said, well, let me put the 90-weight gear oil in my transmission because it's a heavier oil. Mm-hmm. And that's like, nah. For whatever reason, a 50, 45, 50-weight, Engine oil is the same viscosity as a 90-weight gear oil. Oh, wow. Exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. They what? just did it, I think, for marketing so they could sell <laughs> some oil, oil years ago. I, don't I really got know you. The difference. So yeah. it gets back to your question of can you do that. Yeah, you can run ours in that without without any issue. If you wanted to run a separate, like a 7590 you know, uh, gear oil, you could do that too. Yeah, I was just always curious if it, you know, Honda does that, and I just wondered if it made any difference, if, you know, on, on the wear of the oil or so. Not really. Okay. So, hey, um, all our guests tonight, I want, I'm bringing up A1. 2019 Supercross is about to kick off. Um, you know, 
what do you, what do you think is going to happen at A one? What do you what do you what do you foresee? Uh, I mean, just you know, I'm not an expert uh, on racers. I'm okay. more of an expert on what the racing engines can do. <laughs> um, I, to me, this looks like it's going to be one of the better years for a competition. I mean, it seems like there's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of healthy people with some really good competition on the 450 side if you look on the 250 side with with that um i mean some of the big boys moved up to 450 yeah. now and then you've got some others coming in there um you know we 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 sponsor a team um out of canada that's got a couple of kids on the 250 side that just really did fabulously well uh up in Canada, so I'll be curious to see the kind of competition this there, like you know Logan Carnot, uh, Carnot from Team PRMX, mm-hmm. and then you've got you know Jess Pettis coming down from Canada. You've got uh, just a boatload of the existing guys. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really exciting, great season. You know, there's not a ton of people down. Uh, right. You have people like Henry Miller that were 450. He's actually dropping down to the. Uh, 250s on the west on the east coast. Um, so there's there's some changes that are that are happening within there. But um, yeah, I, was I, mean, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. You know, between Anderson and Eli and Muskin and Roxon, and then you bring in the new guys, Plessinger. It's going to it's going to be really fun. This is going to be super exciting. Yeah, I yeah, we say this every year, and really just hope everybody can stay healthy and it could just you know it'd be a great season of racing no matter who wins i'd love to see 10 different winners you know if, and, and yep. realistically with the the field the way it is that's not impossible yeah it, uh, you're absolutely correct i mean if you look at the guys that are out there and you know with, uh Roxon even getting healthier from last yep, year yep. and Eli uh, yeah I mean Barsha being back and yeah I just Barsha I mean I, you, know, you can't you can't there's so many so much depth you can't <laughs> yeah, even name them all they're, exactly they're really fabulous when you mentioned Jess Pettis yeah. earlier man I was really happy when I saw that he was coming down I didn't realize that until a couple of days ago um I like right. Jess a lot so I I hope you know I, I'm glad that he's coming back down uh I hope he does well I'd love to see him you know Get 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 top tens, fifteen, something like that. Yeah, I don't know where he's at right now, but he's a good kid, man. I like him. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good kid, and from what I can tell, seems like a not only a good racer, but just a, you know a good kid as well, a good decent guy. Absolutely. So, uh, but this is going to be exciting. I mean, this is. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are itching to get back into it, uh, so I'm, I'm no, ready. Yeah. I know. I know you guys are. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I fly out Friday morning, and I cannot wait. I am beyond excited, <laughs> so it can't get here quick enough. But yeah, Jeff, there you go. I appreciate you coming on, man, um, taking some time tonight. I know you're out there on the East Coast, so it's getting a little bit later for you. And, and uh, I appreciate you kind of giving me some knowledge on your, uh, your oil, blood lubricant, um, and I hope to see some of your riders do really well. Yeah, we're excited. We hope they do well. I appreciate you bringing us on the show. We actually moved our blood headquarters from the East Coast to Arizona, so we're out here now. Oh, okay. Um, so we're doing that. So I'm actually an hour or two, an hour behind <laughs> where you are, maybe maybe two hours. Well, I, I didn't realize that when I scheduled you, but yeah, well, I, I still appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah, giving cool. us some time. Everybody, check us out. You know, we've we've gone from just kind of a engine oil to touching the market to now we've got the full broad length from two-stroke uh, 
racing premix to just totally kick-ass suspension fluids, uh, nice. cleaners, differential oils. I mean, the whole we brought all the horsepower from the other company, Island American Synthol, into this, and I think you're going to see a lot more from us in the future. Well, that's fantastic, man. Congratulations on uh, the, the ever-growing business, and look forward to seeing you soon, uh, Jeff. And Blood Lubricants, that's B-L-U-D, Lubricants. Um, thanks for coming on, man. All right, Jamie. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Okay, Bye-bye. Jeff. You have a good night. Thanks. All right. All right. It's Jeff Green. Uh, like I said, yeah, I mean, it's, again, Amsoil is a sponsor of our show. We really appreciate Dane, and I, I love the Amsoil products. We um, and a lot of our listeners do, and you guys have gotten, some of you guys have become independent dealers yourselves. But, you know, we, we, we want to have everybody in the industry on and support everybody as much as we can. So that's Jeff Green. And Jeff wanted me to let you guys know that if you're looking for uh, sponsorship, they're actively seeking racers of all levels. They have a great rider support program. So check out their website, bloodlubricants.com, I believe is what it is, B-L-U-D. Um, should have looked that up. That's my bad. But, hey, with the Amsoil stuff, don't forget, along with the oils, they have chain lube and all kinds of other products. Man, I love their chain lube. It's amazing. I use it all the time. Uh, I know TJ does. and. Um, so does JT and much other of my buddies. So yeah, check out that stuff. Don't forget, it's not just oils at Amsoil. Hit, hit uh, Dane Evans at Mad Jack Synthetics up for that, any other products you're interested in. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick little break, and we will be back with Colleen Conger. We are back, and our next guest of the night is brought to you by All Sport Dynamics. When riding and racing dirt bikes, protection is key. All Sport Dynamics are hands down the best wrist braces available. Trusted by many top pros such as Weston Pike, Joey Savacci, and Adam Cianciarillo, as well as NFL and Major League Baseball players and top bull riders. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email me, darksidemx3 at AOL for pricing. On the line, we have a very special guest, Miss Colleen Conger. She is at one legged moto girl, uh, one legged underscore moto underscore girl. Uh, Colleen, how you doing tonight? I am awesome. How are you all? Doing really good. Um, really excited to talk to you. Um, I heard about you, you through Brian Fullerton with Acherbys, and I checked out your Instagram page and was just completely blown away, quite honestly. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of background about you and um, kind of tell us your story. All right. Yeah. So I, uh, back in October of 2008, um, I came up short on a 90-foot Supercross-type double and actually shattered um, both of my ankles, uh, my, my tib and fib in both, uh, both legs of the ankle joints, and was kind of left a little, a little devastated from that. Um, I, I did about four and a half years of surgeries trying to fix everything and put it back together. Uh, didn't work out so well. I ended up um, a right below knee amputee, and then my left ankle is fused. And uh, you know, after going through all that, the of course the most important thing to me was getting back on the bike. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the way it is for all of us. Um, you know, we're all a little crazy that way. So right. I've spent the last. <laughs> I, I've been. Oh, so I ended up um, in March of two thousand. Uh, let's see, thirteen having my amputation. And I was reading a little bit about that, and that was you decided to do that on your own. It was voluntary at the time, um, but you were you weren't you were in a lot of pain. It sounds like even after the the quote unquote healing and and rehabilitation. Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. And they basically told me, Hey, you have a prescription to be on the couch for the rest of your life. Here you go. You have a prescription to take painkillers and do all this stuff. And that's not, you know, someone like me doesn't take that for an answer. Right. So I started, you know, I started trying to figure out um, what I was going to do to try to get my life back on track. You know, I'm a, I'm a single parent. And so that was the biggest thing too, is trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to, to, you know, be there for my kids um, you know, having young kids when you can't move around very well is really tough on you. And so I started doing research and just talking to, you know, as many people as I could about about the amputations. And, and it was basically decided that that was my next and only option. You know, I, yeah. I didn't have to do it, but the, the pain stuff was kind of crazy. I had a lot of nerve pain um, and everything. And so I actually went, went through with the surgery and when I woke up in the recovery room, I was actually like they had to hold me down because I was so happy and just relieved that I finally had had you know I guess I could start this next phase of my life and try to you know get back on the bike. Um, all of us know, especially as riders, that you know we we put between 100 and 200 hours on our motorcycles a season. You know, and I was only able to put about 100 hours on on my motorcycle. Um, in like four and a half years. And so, you know, just to kind of give you an example, this year alone, um, you know, I have had my, my 2018 bike for exactly a year, and I have about 180 hours on it. Wow. Yeah, you, you ride a lot, <laughs> definitely a lot more than I get to. Um, and, and it's amazing. if Yeah, if, if you're listening and you haven't followed her on Instagram, you got to check it out. Like I said, it's really cool that she gets to ride in a lot of different uh, types of riding. She's doing some snow riding. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, I, wa- I want to go back to the original injury, though. The, you know, br- it's shattering the tib fib. It's painful. It's horrible. Um, but was there something that was not typical with your injury that – that um, led to where you had the had the amputation, or was it just that bad of it was shattered that bad, or was there some nerve damage? Like what led? Yeah, yeah. So the the biggest thing was the way the bones were were shattered. Mm-hmm. So the like the bottom of my tibias, um, you know, literally in in between the joints there uh, were so uh, the doctor described it as coffee grounds. You know, oh, wow. they, they they kind of buckled like the the main part of the bone like just buckled through the the knuckle of the bone the head of the bone and so they you know i mean i had four plates and 40 screws um to start with external fixators on both of my legs and you know and we just tried everything we could to get them back together but because of the impact the cartilage was pretty much dead to start i mean so i mean it's within three or four months we knew that that the cartilage was gone, but we we kind of just tried different things. So they did bone grafts from myself. We did bone grafts from cadaver bone, and then um, you know metal in and metal out, and just all sorts of different things to try to make it work. Because you know at first it obviously it's not what anybody wants, you know, sure. um, to think about amputation. But you know I just I was trying everything I could to get back to where I could ride again and it was it was the difference of like four weeks you know I went in for one appointment and they're like oh yeah everything's healing good you should be good and four weeks later I, I come back you know and they're like I don't know what's going on things have shifted things are changing it's not looking good <laughs> so you know I, I would have told everybody like oh I'm, I'm expected to have a full recovery like yeah. I had my hopes up you know 
So. Well, I, I would imagine the emotional roller coaster of those years were yeah. just unreal. But an average quote unquote person would probably be in a state of depression. Uh, you know, why me? But it sounds like you are like a typical motocross type person. Like you said, you were thinking about getting back on the bike. And I mean, were you driven from, from day one to get back? Yeah, absolutely. It's all I could think about. You know, I, motorcycles are a lot for a lot of people, just like they are for me. And it, it was, you know, it's not just because I like to ride, but it does something to me mentally, um, physically, you know, the, the condition that your body's in when you ride a lot. Um, there's just so many good things that come out of it. Yes, it's it's kind of a crazy extreme sport. You know, yes, you can get hurt, but you can get hurt doing anything, as we know. You can fall down the stairs. You sure. can step off a curb and break your ankle. I mean, you know, so there's a lot of people that kind of ask me now, like, why why are you getting back on the bike? Why was that so important to you? And you know what? It, it's just such a... You know, it's it's a it's a drug, but a good drug. You know, it's it's a good addiction to have, and that's kind of what I'm trying to teach my kids too. You know, I mean, it keeps you out of trouble for the most part. Um, you know, when you have goals in life, any goals, it doesn't matter what they are. You know, it makes life so much easier to live and so much more worth living. And so, you know, I've been able to set goals on my motorcycle and just go out and work my hardest to crush. You know, even if they're just little things, baby steps, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it was just really important for me um, just from the start to get back on and, and keep my mental health good, especially after being down. Uh, I mean, I, I was down for those years to the point where, you know, my body had atrophied. I had no muscle tone. I had nothing. I mean, I, I, was, I was kind of a wreck when I started, when I was finally healed enough to get back on. You know, and so all of these, you know, different exercises that, you know, I learned how to do. I have a really awesome trainer and, and coach, um, Deacon Andrews from CC Strong, and he kind of taught me how to modify all of these um, exercises and stuff mm-hmm. so I could I could work around my injuries but, but get my body back to, to being able to be in riding shape, I guess. That's, yeah, it's just amazing to me. Like, I, I don't, do you follow Supercross? I do, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're familiar with the Makeup to Mud, I'm sure. And um, last year at the yeah. Vegas Finals, a friend of mine, Kiana Clay, was on there. She was the girl that had the arm that was paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, when I see – I've told the story on here before. We've had her on where the first time I saw her riding, I was just coming around a corner, and I was getting ready to go over a tabletop, and she was in front of me. I had no idea who she was. And I just see this girl go over a jump with one hand, and I'm thinking – she's about to kill herself. You know, how do you do this with one hand? And then the same for you, you have a prosthetic. I've, I've seen the picture you know, on Instagram, but I would still think that I guess the word sketchy comes to mind like that. I can't imagine doing that. Like you had to have really completely changed the way you ride. Um, there's just so many things that are going through my brain of how can you possibly do that? But it, it's amazing. Um, so I guess my question is, how have you changed your style of riding? Is it still easy to, um, you know, to shift and break and all those things? Or, or did you have to completely change everything in the way you ride? So I did have to change a lot. But for the first couple of years, I was hard-headed. Um, <laughs> you know, I kept saying, man, I don't need to modify my bike. I don't need modifications. I can do this 
just like everybody else. And that ended up actually getting me into some trouble. Um, I crashed pretty hard a few times um, because I would stand up out of a corner into a jump and step on my foot brake because I can't feel my foot. Oh, I yeah. don't know where it's at. And and so there, that was like the biggest thing where I would, you know, freaking try to corner fast and my foot would go flying off the foot peg you know just just things like that and so you know it kind of that those things basically um i don't know it kind of started this movement of how am i going to better my bike how am i going to make it so i can you know do cornering that was the biggest yeah. thing because that, that was what i was good at you know i could catch people in the corners and going from like the seated to standing position um, which, you know, we have to do on a track so much that that was a big struggle too for me because if my foot wasn't in the exact right spot, you know, it might come off the edge of the foot peg or whatever. And so, so we started, um, so my friend, Idaho Joe from Recluse, um, he's been helping me out from the start with, with everything in their products and stuff. And so, uh, he kind of said, Hey, we've got this left-handed rear brake. You know, I want you to try it. And that's, like I said, at first I <laughs> was like, no, I don't, I don't need this, you right. know? And, and I kind of realized, like I said, after a couple of years that I was going to need to change stuff if I wanted to really compete again, especially compete against people who are able-bodied. And so, uh, I started by, you know, we had a couple of prototypes for a foot peg. So I do like a double foot peg on my amputated side. Okay. So when you have a prosthetic, you, you can't quite bend your leg back as far as when you don't have one. And so your your foot will kind of naturally be ahead of the foot peg, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. And so, yeah, so we welded up like a double foot peg, and we've, we've had a bunch of different, um, you know, sets of foot pegs we've tried you know different angles and this and that and we finally have something that's just awesome and works great every time i don't have to think about it you know and and so that's something i should probably put some pictures up so people yeah. can see what i do i get asked a lot by other amputees you know i, I kind of social media has been great that way so i can reach out to them and help them build their bikes but uh, that was along with the left-handed rear brake. So that was another thing that was crazy to, to learn because you ride one way your whole life and all of a sudden you're switching that up. And so, you know, think about if you came into a corner and you didn't have a foot brake, but you're in a panic and you're going to just try to stomp that foot brake <laughs> or whatever it is. Definitely, do, definitely. Right? I have a lot of people that jump on my bike because, you know, it's race built. It's awesome, you know, and they want to try it out. But then I'm like, look, don't kill yourself because there's no foot brake. And always every time they're like, man, <laughs> that scared the crap out of me or whatever. So, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, so it took me, you know, I spent a year really focusing on trying to get used to that left-handed rear brake. And, and the crazy thing is now I feel like I have more control of my bike than I ever did even when I had a leg, because ha having those brakes on the handlebars, kind of like a mountain bike, um, I mean, you can come down, I feel like, you know, where I desert race, um, coming down like the goat trails and the crazy hills and all this stuff, you know, some people will be off walking their bikes because it's that sketchy, and I just blow by them because it's, you know, it's not a big deal when you have your brakes on your handlebars, so... It's actually a better thing for me. I think I've become a better rider with these modifications. Um, another thing, too, is trying to grip with your knees. We all know that's how we steer our bikes, you know? Yep. I was going to ask so, you about that. <laughs> so, yeah, my prosthetic would just slide across the side of the bike. And so that was really hard for me. I had to work really hard on keeping my chest and upper body 
very strong so I could get through these races. And uh, I finally had um, Monty from Mototape. Uh, he contacted me and says, hey, whatever I can do to help you out. And so I started running Mototape. You know, he sent me, you know, pieces of it that, that you don't normally get from the website or whatever. And, and I would just Mototape up my whole bike. And, you know, and, and then all of a sudden I could grip again. And that was awesome. And, and on top of that, there's different feet. <laughs> I mean, the, the modifications could go on and on, but, uh, you know, I had uh, Monster Mike Schultz from Biogap. Um, you know, he sent me one of his, uh, it's called the VersaFoot, and mm-hmm. it's got an actual Fox shock. It's got a mountain bike shock in it, and so it's really awesome for standing up on your foot pegs, and, and it moves kind of like a real ankle does. And so I actually have better movement in my prosthetic side than I do in my my other ankle because it's fused but uh that that really helps a lot too with uh, that paired with angling my foot peg a little yeah. bit makes it so now i can stand up now i can grip now i can do all these things and so over these last two years um you know through 2017 and 2018 you know i i got pretty good again you know i guess i would say good considering on on a local level i was able to take you know, I, I got a second place overall in the NHHA this year, which was awesome for me. Um, you know, and then I, I've got championship the last couple of years in my local desert series, which is awesome, challenging, and and it and it's because I've had all these people reach out and, and say, yeah. "Hey, what can we do? Yeah, what can we do to make this better for you?" And you know, so between recluse and between you know having the biodap, the VersaFoot, you know, the the Mototech, like all, all these things, having my friends all try to figure out you know, the foot peg thing, um, and then also having them come out and, like, help me get over, you know, the head stuff, you know, coming yeah. back from an injury like that, you know. And so I've had so many people just network together and and get me back on this horse, and, you know, and that's helped my confidence, you know, huge. Yeah, well, so. your, your story, it, it highlights a number of things. One, it... it how much determination and passion you have um, for the sport, and all, but it also you know, like what a what I harp on or bring up all the time is what a family this sport really is. That people come out and help. I'm sure you've had competitors help. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just this sport is just such an amazing thing. And if it and that's one of the reasons probably you you had the drive to get back to it is because of how wonderful this is. But it, you're an incredible person. I mean, you know, people get a hangnail and sit at home and cry. And, you know, you had a major, major industry injury and are back to racing and working on here shortly on doing a pretty incredible, um, an incredible feat coming up. Why don't you tell us about what your plans are coming up in Aspen? And uh, that, that was one thing. So this definitely was a surprise to me. Um, I, I got invited to come try to qualify for X Games. I got told that they're going to be doing an adaptive class. So again, I'll bring up Monster Mike Schultz. Um, you know, he's always done the adaptive stuff, um, and, and he's just awesome. He's been a huge inspiration to me. And, uh, you know, he calls me up and says, hey, do you want to race snow bikes in X Games? I'm like, are you kidding me? Who wouldn't want to do that? But, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, hang on, I got to try to get a bike. Let me call you back. <laughs> so I called, you know, a couple of sponsors that I have that have helped me out on, the, on you know, in the local scene. And, um, you know, we put some stuff together and I was able to, to get the materials to build a bike. 
Um, and, and I work kind of part-time as a mechanic um, for a local shop here. And so I got to build my own bike, which is awesome. That's one thing that I love is that I get to build all my own race stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, which is kind of different for girls. But, but yeah, and so I went out to Minnesota and uh, got got to qualify, you know, I mean, and, and there was just the most amazing athletes around me. Um, for the first time, I got to meet and ride with other adaptive athletes. Oh, cool. Something I had not got to do. You know, all of the racing and everything that I've done have just been, you know, in our normal series. And so I got to meet some other people that have similar stories and, you know, that, that kind of have, I mean, we all have different backgrounds, but we all have this passion for riding that's just amazing. And so I've got to go out and kind of have a crash course um, on track riding a snow bike. You know, I've been on the snow bike before, but I hadn't really been on the track yeah. on one. <laughs> and so it was really cool getting to go out and train for a week at ERX. Um, you know, Joe out there, Joe Duncan was awesome, just welcoming, um, you know, invited us out. And they were really excited to have a girl, you know, I'm the only girl. <laughs> so that that was kind of cool and got to go out and learn. And so pretty much since then, I mean, I've been riding. I just rode the last four days. Um, we had some awesome powder here the last couple days um, in Utah is where I'm at. And so, so yeah, so I'm just working really hard at, at hopefully being able to get on the podium in Aspen um, the 24th to 27th. Uh, we're going to be racing on the 26th out there. So, Well, I definitely cannot wait to watch that and see how you do. Uh, I mean, it's just – Honestly, it's just inspirational, and it's really amazing. Um, you have a lot more drive than most people that I've ever met, and it's it's just rad. I mean, it's a, it's a really cool story. Um, so, you guys, if you're listening again, uh, Colleen Conger, it's K-O-L-L-E-E-N-C-O-N-G-E-R. Check out her website, ColleenConger.com. Um, you know, I want to ask you about uh, two things. You, you, you're a single mother. You have a daughter, Correct. I have two daughters. Oh, I have two daughters. Well, my 14-year-old, sorry, my 13-year-old just turned 14 two days ago, so, uh, yep, I do. So, and they both ride. Uh, my 8-year-old races desert with me. It's awesome. really cool. Well, <laughs> yes. I was, you know, curious, you know, when you had your accident, um, and then started to ride again. What? How was was? It, were they supportive or were they scared that mom's going to get hurt again? You know, how how was their reaction to that? It's pretty traumatic for a young kid. So um, I actually had my eight-year-old just after my accident. Um, so, she, so she's never known anything else, okay. you know, than, than mommy now. Yeah. You know, and my fourteen-year-old my was about four. Um, you know, and so it hasn't really been. At least it hasn't been a concern that they've brought up to me. I think that you know the main thing has been showing them that you know you don't need to let something like this get you down. Um, if you work hard for it, no matter what situation your body's in or whatever you can achieve these goals you know and and get through life you know even though things might not be um you know i, I don't know what what the definition of normal is i've right. actually asked this a lot but i mean things might not seem normal i guess say compared to other school kids or whatever well i i find that you know I've, i have a 21 year old son i've got stepdaughters and i think those lessons are immeasurable what you're teaching them because we, we see more and more i mean as i get older maybe i'm just the old man kind of mentality but kids have less and less drive it seems like and you know uh, they, they just want everything done for them and everything easy it seems that way to me anyway with this generation but you're teaching your daughter's lessons 
they're going to help them uh, succeed without a doubt. That they, you know, you can get through anything. Um, you know, if you work hard, if you really want something, you got to go get it. It's not going to be handed to you. Very impressive. Um, congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you. It's you know, though I think I think all of us would be the same way. You know, I kind of tell people that. You know, a lot of people ask why you get back on the bike, like like we said before. You know, and I think just most of us people that are in the extreme sports or have passions in life, you know, they don't just give up on a passion because they right. have a minor setback. No, definitely, so. definitely. Uh, I know Josh Demeth real well, and, you know, he, he had an amputation a number of years ago, and it's so crazy when I go out to the track. Uh, every once in a while I'll see him out of track racing, and he'll, I've seen him without his prosthetic, just one leg, and – crushing the competition just blowing those guys away and it's like hey you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it i mean it's just if you have the right attitude and the drive anything is possible the human human body is amazing what it can do yes absolutely it's it is amazing what you can heal from what you can come back um, yeah. as long as you you know you have that drive though and absolutely. that's being like and also the people surrounding you are, are, you know, a big impact on how you end up viewing, you know, like an injury or something that puts you down like this. So. No doubt. Hey, so I, I noticed in your social media that you're a brand ambassador for Click Medical. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What is that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so they're actually a prosthetic company. Um, I actually met my my, prosthet- my prosthetist, Joe, um, actually on a complete whim. Um, I was given a list of doctors after my leg was taken, you know, they're like, well, here you go. Like this one specializes in this, this one specializes in that, you know, and, and I don't know why I chose, I I feel like even to this day that, you know, something had a hand in, in, in this decision for me because, you know, it, it was definitely meant to be. So basically I show up at, you know, Peak Prosthetic Designs is, you know, he, he owns that company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he he had never had a dirt bike rider. So so that's the thing. Like, he's he's done stuff for mountain bikers. He's done stuff for skiers. Um, but basically, this is a whole new thing for him. And he came out and watched me ride so we could build a lake that would work for me. You know, the biggest thing was I could go out and ride the track for a little bit. But then, you know, there's always things you have to sit down, you have to take the leg off, you have to readjust things. Mm-hmm. And my, my big thing is I wanted to get back to desert racing, and I couldn't even go on a very long trail ride without having issues with my leg or having it, like, come off of me. And so, you know, he was developing um, the Revo limb at the time. So this this is like um, our fly racing pants or our boa boots. So it's got a boa enclosure system on it on the back of it and there's panels that are cut out and so a lot of amputees have to put on these they they call them socks so they have to put on layers because your leg will actually lose volume during the day okay um, especially if you're active and so um, a lot of the times it will make it so it's not comfortable or it will come off of you and he's developed a system that you you know just like i said with the pants or whatever you can turn the boa dial and it will tighten the string up um, on these panels and tighten it down on your leg and so you know every few laps or every little bit on the bike as i'm losing volume i can just reach down as simple as tearing a tear off off and twist that dial and and have a leg that will stay on me and i can go out and do you know a full day ride uh, because of of what this 
you know, what has been developed here. Yeah. And it's really cool. So another thing, too, is, you know, I'm told, hey, these, these uh, sockets, is what they're called, should last you about three years. Well, I would break the carbon fiber, oh, wow. you know, like a couple times you're just completely demolish these. And so, you know, he's like, you know what, I want you to go out and test these. I want you to go out and break them if you can, because that's going to help other people you know, after you, and and we're going to be able to make these stronger where they need to be strong, and so it's been kind of cool being able to be a part of that. It's been awesome financially um, because that that's been obviously a, a tough thing too, um, having them help me out, and you know, so basically I go out and test stuff, I break it, they fix it, and you know, it's helping both of us out. So it's actually pretty cool. They've come a long way. So Joe, the owner, um, he goes all over the world and trains people to build these sockets basically in the same way that he's had to build them for me. Yeah, that's so. very cool. And it's funny that you mentioned the Fly Racing BOA. They're, they're a sponsor of our show and a great product. But, yeah, that, that whole idea, what you said, makes a lot of sense. That's really uh, – it makes a lot of sense that that would work. And it's a good thing that you found somebody that was just right for you, apparently. Yeah, yep. I mean, I like I said, it was meant to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, so it's been pretty good. <laughs> an amazing story. Um, you are quite the woman, clearly. Um, your story is very amazing. I hope that our listeners will check it out and follow you. And um, really, I, I can't wait to watch you at Aspen. That's going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm definitely more excited to watch that now than I was beforehand. Um, I've never done the snow bike type thing, and I, I would think that would be a blast to try. i got to get up where there's some snow as soon as I can. I'd love to have you. We've got a couple extras up here, so if you can make it up to Salt Lake anytime, um, you know, we'll take you out and show you a good time. Definitely. We'll have to take you up on that. Um, Colleen, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Again, very inspirational story. Thank you for doing what you do and, and taking some time tonight for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You have a good night and good luck at Aspen. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, Colleen. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Colleen Conger, check it out, man. At uh, Once again, at one, that's the number one, legged underscore moto underscore girl. This chick is doing things that... I probably would not be capable of. I don't know. She's she's badass, clearly. Um, yeah, so if you guys haven't heard of her, check her out. Give her some support. We're going to be pulling forward Aspen at X Games, Winter X Games. It's going to be pretty rad. Okay, uh, another break, and we will be back with Cole Seeley. Next guest on episode 106 is brought to you by Powerband Racing. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing the best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They are a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. From mini bikes to big bikes, Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Instagram. So our next guest of the night is the factory Honda number 14, Cole Seeley. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? Not much, man. Just uh, A1 can't get here quick enough for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming fast. Um, I feel like it was just yesterday I was saying how much time I had. Now we're <laughs> staring it in the face. So Yeah, yeah. 
it's been good. Yeah, just a few days away. Uh, I fly out Friday morning. Will you will you be doing press day or just coming in Saturday? Yeah, I'll be on press day. Um, yeah, just standard. Uh, you know, typical typical Friday. Uh, go do some press stuff. Yeah, uh, talk to the media and check out the track a little bit. Yeah, so. I don't want to harp on the injury too much from last year. I mean, you had the injury at Tampa. It was a very long road to recovery for you. Um, I, I know I listened to the DMX interview with you not too long ago, and there was a period of time where, you know, you weren't really sure if you wanted to do it again, but that changed, thankfully. Um, do you remember that moment when you were like, okay, I'm ready. I, I want to get back on a motorcycle? Uh, yeah, it, it didn't happen right, like, uh, like right away, like all, all at once, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like there was a long time where I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I, I talked about it a little bit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, you know, put it out in the universe. It was like, no, nah, I'm over this, you know, I'm, I'm done, right? Um, just because I, I wanted to figure it out, you know, with myself first, and uh, yeah, but it was, it was over the course of like, like four or five days, I think, and yeah, I remember just driving. Um, I was driving out to my shop. Uh, that I work on my, my cars on and I've been going back and forth, uh, you know, up there and home and, and just had a lot of time to think, you know, because of the drive, it takes me about an hour and a half to get there. And, uh, yeah, I was just, just like kind of cruising and I'm like, man, you know, like I, I might still want to do this and maybe, you know, it, it, it's not like, it wasn't like, I don't know, it's hard to explain it. It was more of like a, uh, like unfinished business type of feeling. Like, like I, I hadn't done, what I set out to do yet right? Know, and hadn't gone as, as far as I had wanted to go yet. And, uh, just, uh, kind of hanging it up at that point didn't really make sense to me yet. So, um, you know, and here, here we are now. Um, and, and I was pretty, pretty, you know, lucky to be in the position that I was in with, uh, with sponsors and, and everyone kind of knew what I was thinking about and, and how I was thinking about going about it. And, and they were, you know, Luckily, like I said, I was in a position to take the time and, and yeah. really, you know, store out my thoughts and, and have such a good group of people behind me to, to let me do that. Yeah, absolutely. I know Honda was standing behind you. Uh, you know, they were, I talked to Mandy a little bit at some of the nationals and, uh, you know, they were definitely behind you. And I think you have that personality and the character that a team like that wants on board and the fans love you. Uh, so I'm definitely speaking for everybody. I hope that we're glad you're back. Um, I think for people forget how well you were doing in Supercross before, you know, the, the injury. You were you were not having a bad season in, in any way. You know, you were doing very well. Um, I think, and I, I, I think you still have that opportunity. I, I feel like you're you're kind of under the radar this year a little bit. You know, people aren't talking about Cole Seeley quite as much as they probably should be. Yeah, it's kind of the the story of my career, you know. Like <laughs> nobody nobody ever really counts me in until until I'm there, right? And every year, you know, I show up and and you know about five runs in or five rounds in, you know, I kind of remind everybody. But uh, yeah, it's kind of just how it goes for me. I'm I'm pretty used to it by now, um, and thankful for social media because, like you said, the fans, you know, really, but you know, they, they're really nice to me. So like, yeah. I, I really enjoy interacting with people and and um you know because it wasn't too long ago that I was, <laughs> I was one of them you know i was on the other side of this you know just being a fan and 
and enjoying the racing. And uh, yeah, but they've been really, really supportive, and I got a lot of kind words from a lot of fans going through this whole process. And um, yeah, the I don't know, some of the media is is you know I think a little clouded by me, you know, trying to make that decision whether I was going to come back or not. Maybe that you know deterred them from <laughs> from how well I was doing. You know, I was second in points and. Yeah, and just like kind of, kind of having my best season as as far as uh, you know as the standings go, and um, yeah, like this year I was kind of bummed. Like like the SX preview show, like I wasn't even mentioned in that. They never talked to me. And my fans, you know, like I get people direct messaging me and tweeting me like, "Hey, how come you didn't go on the show?" I'm like, oh, "Well, I wasn't invited. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you." And so I, yeah, that that was another thing. Like you know, I kind of learned in this whole thing was like maybe I, you know I need to be more. Uh, present on social media with with fans and stuff because that that's really my biggest outlet is uh, you know is connecting with my fans through social media because you know when when a company like that like Supercross or whatever doesn't you know contact me and and the fans are left questioning like what's going on then yeah then I gotta you know film the social media so I'm pretty thankful to have that platform to have a voice on definitely like you know you mentioned that kind of i said something about it. you see it's the story of your career where you're kind of under the radar do, do you like that a little bit because it takes some of the pressure off or is there a part of you that's kind of like wait a minute dude i'm i'm one of those guys don't forget about me yeah i mean i'm I, i'm i play both those sides like, yeah I, I do like it i do like not having you know i don't know if you call it pressure the hype but, uh, uh, yeah not having the hype and then at the same time, um, I'm like, hey, what, what about me? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. But uh, I mean, the I don't know. It, the, the racing keeps for itself, I guess. I don't, I don't need to pay attention to that kind of stuff. But I mean, luckily, it's it's I don't know. All water, water under the bridge. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I can't. I'm sitting here trying to think, like, what put my finger on why you fly under the radar because your results are good. You know, some guys have that crazy, that explosive personality like Kenny does, or, you know, you got Eli who sometimes puts in rides that are just otherworldly almost. But yeah. I think you're, you're so consistent and so smooth and you don't really talk shit. You don't clean people out. Well, you, you've been known to be a little aggressive at times, but you don't really have like Cole Sealy does this, you know, Cole Sealy's just like, you, you're just, really really freaking good like you're so smooth and 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 it's kind of weird it's kind of hard to put a finger on why that is that you don't get the hype but I mean, like you said the results were there last year before the injury and there's no doubt in my mind that you know you would have got a win at some point and i certainly think you still can get a win there's a lot of good guys this year going in um but there is almost every year so yeah i know that's I always think about that too. Like every year, we kind of go in like, "Oh, this is the most stacked field," you <laughs> yeah. know, and you know, it's 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 always the most stacked field. But I yep. actually, I think, I think going into 2016 was probably the most stacked field I've ever been a part of. And we had, you know, we had guys like Trey Kennard, and and I remember lining up next to James Stewart, and I'm, <laughs> you know, like losing my mind, like right. holy crap, like this is seems like the most stressful, you know, pack I've ever been a part of, and. Um, so I always try to think back to that, like, you know, that year was the stack as it gets, and, you know, I still get, I, I went up to Anaheim, and I led most of the race and got third, so right. uh, I always try to think back to that and, and pull some, uh, I don't know, knowledge from that. Absolutely, that yeah. You know, it, 
yeah, you, you've got the experience. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you'd be considered like one of the veterans now, the quote unquote, you know, but you've got a lot of experience. Um, you know, you, you know what to do. You know how to win races. Um, it's going to happen. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of winners this year. I don't think it's – of course, again, we here we go again every year we say this, but I feel like there's going to be a bunch of people with opportunities to win races, and I, I certainly don't see any reason why you shouldn't be one of those. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And, yeah, I mean, we've been we've been putting in a lot of work. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, uh, I'm the best I've ever been. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's super, uh, uh, you know, an oversaid thing. But yeah. um, I, I try – it's just noise, you know. Sure. <laughs> I just try and try and focus on me and uh, and you know take what I learned from the past four years going into the into the Anaheim one on a four fifty and and apply it and uh, man it's 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 fun. I'm having more fun this year for sure. Like I don't know the the, the past years I put so much pressure on myself and mm-hmm. and this this year just feels different to me for some reason. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think putting pressure on yourself sometimes could be a detriment. So that's that's probably not a bad thing. Just go in kind of loose and uh, do your best. I'd like to ask you on that DMXS interview. I believe you mentioned, you know, while you were down. <clears throat> excuse me. You know, you kind of thought, but hey, this racing isn't everything. There's life after racing. You know, I think you, you had those thoughts probably that some time to think about what will come after racing. You, you've you got your uh, drifting business, the things you're involved with with that. Um, but do you right now, today, see yourself trying to continue racing and be like a Chad Reed and a Justin Brayton if you can? Or do you see yourself being like, all right, there's a point where I want to do something else? Um, well, I, I want to do something else, like, when I'm done with racing, no matter what position I'm in. I don't, I've always, like, you know, no matter how much money I have in the bank or no matter how, you know, well I'm doing at the time when I decide to retire, I don't want to stop, you know, being me. And that's, like, you know, I get my, I'm, I'm involved in so many different things, like you said, like, the drifting and, and just so many things that, like, interest me and I, I don't want to stop, you know, like, uh, whatever's next, you know, I'm going to be ready for it, but now is not the time, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And that, it was actually really cool. Like probably, probably the coolest thing, like throughout the whole process of the injury was like, people weren't like, and like respectable people weren't like, you know, Oh shit. Like, what are you going to do next? It was never like that. It was like, yeah. what are you going to do next? Like, like we know you have potential to, to do, you know, it made me feel like, you know, like I've, you know, made good choices in my life and, and, giving people a good uh impression on who i am and you know like i had like i had just like some talks with like david pingry and like people that i really respect and they like were i don't know just really like optimistic for me you know and what's the future if i did decide to hang it up but uh like i said it's just not the time to, to do that yet but right it uh it made me it made me think like man you know maybe i've you know i'm i'm doing good you know <laughs> i'm not definitely i'm not just some some stupid dirtbag racer and, and this is the end for me once i'm done racing no i agree i agree i think you definitely have a bright future and probably whatever you want to do um I, you know, I, there was a period of time where I was, like a lot of other fans, just could not wait. We knew you were going to come back. Um, counting the days till the first Instagram video came out or the first footage you back on a bike. What was that first day like for you getting back on that Honda and, you know, having a chance to just put some laps in and, and, and get the love back for Moto? Um, it, was, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. You know, like I had 
six months to think about it, you know, what what it might be like yeah. um, and what it's going to feel like and how my injuries are going to feel. You know, I, I had the, the typical soreness of, you know, a guy that's not going to be you know, on the bike for, <laughs> for six months and not in shape to race. But, uh, sure. so, you know, my back my back was sore, my, my arms and arm pump and legs and everything was sore. But um, I remember telling my uh, our suspension tech uh, at KYB, like, Hey, build me something that's soft, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be as fast as what I was when I got off the bike last year, so build me something that's soft. And, and like, the first day, I'm like, oh, we need to go stiffer. Like, I'm already too fast for this stuff. <laughs> uh, so it was, it came back faster than I thought it was going to. And, and um, you know, I, I really had to keep myself in check, though. Like, like don't overdo it. Uh, you know, like, I would tell my mechanic, like, all right, just give me 15 minutes and tell me when I'm there and, and pull me off because I don't want to, you know, my, my blister's got to come back. And, yeah, yeah. You know, just all the soreness, I have to go through it, and I don't want to burn myself out in the first week and not be able to, you know, get back on the bike the following. Definitely. How quick was the progression to, let's say, 80%, you know, from starting out day one to where you felt like, all right, I could hit, I could hit a set of whoops fast today, or, you know, like how, how long did that take to get really comfortable and, you know, semi-race ready? Um, well, I had, I had like two months on the bike, uh, on the outdoor track. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty, I was pretty ready to go at that point. Like when I got on the supercross track, it was only like a week when I was already feeling pretty much oh, okay. speed, like throwing, you know, tossing the bike into a set of wolves as fast as I could and, and charging through rhythm sections. It was really, I mean, I got comfortable really fast on the supercross track. Cause, and at the same time I had like, like Cincerello was, coming back from uh, his knee surgery. So yeah. I had, like, somebody to ride with on outdoors, you know, and, and kind of go, like, we were starting off slow and then building speed and building speed and um, getting fast on the outdoor track before we before we hit the Supercross track. So it was, it was, it came really, it was really fast on Supercross track. Yeah, I bet that, sure. you know, I didn't think about that. I bet that was really helpful to have AC coming off injury at about the same time because you kind of, you know, starting back out, like you say, starting over again a little bit, but having that guy to help push that level. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, him and I have grown pretty close. And yeah. Like this, this year too, when he was just coming, you know, just got out of his surgery. I was just starting to walk again. And, uh, we were like, Hey, let's, let's plan a cool trip. And that's when we went over to Spain and, <laughs> right. and so I kind of had, I kind of had like an injury buddy <laughs> as lame as that is. And that's, and then Christian also, he, he wrecked himself at Glen Helen and had yep. knee surgery. So, you know, I, I definitely had, unfortunately, had some friends to hang out with throughout the whole process. Well, yeah, like I said, it's unfortunate that those guys are injured, but at least I'm sure that it helped probably bring your, your recovery along a little quicker. So, you know, it, it, things happen for a reason. And unfortunately, you know, Christian hurt his, fa- uh, it was his thumb, I believe, and uh, he's going to be a few months behind again, but you know, hopefully he'll be back ready to go real soon for East coast. Yeah, he's going to be back. He'll be back shortly. I was bummed too. Cause he was like, he was just starting to get in his groove. Like yeah. the week prior to that, like just like, just really peaking at the right time. Um, and yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be good this year for sure. Definitely. Um, so in the, once you were back on the bike in the, in the few months building back up to present, what was the most difficult thing getting back on a bike? Was it just like building the blisters, you know, getting the blisters built back up the calluses or 
uh, you know, like I said, strengthen your back or just, was there something mental that was really difficult or, or was any of it difficult? Uh, I thought the mental side of it was going to be the hardest. Like just, I don't know. For a while there, I would, I would kind of like have night tears, you know, when I first, after my first had my injury and I was like kind of mentally afraid for a little while, but once like it, it would, six months had passed since the injury and I'd kind of gotten over it. So it didn't really mess with me too much mentally, but um, I think the hardest part was was dealing with my shoulder. Actually, uh, I'd spent so much time focusing on my pelvis and and making sure that everything was stable and and functioning correctly, and it was where the most pain was coming from. So that was naturally where I was, you know, looking to get better. But yeah, I also separated my shoulder in the injury too, and um, a pretty bad separation too. So. I didn't give that. I did give it some therapy, but I didn't give it as much attention as as the you know my pelvis and my my backside and all that kind of stuff that that was the primary uh, you know the, the main focus. So yeah. I don't know that the shoulder you know just like it takes such a beating like sure especially outdoors you know getting getting pulled by the bike and then hard braking you know to try to control the bike through ruts and stuff. So that was that was definitely the the most uh, painful. Uh, and the hardest thing to get through was, was dealing with my shoulder after I got on the bike. Okay. Well, I got two more for you. Um, I saw you up at Redbud for MX of Nations with Christian. Um, you had a chance to see the track conditions. You you know, unfortunately, that the U.S. didn't have the the results we wanted. What do you think about, or what did you see up there um, that maybe kind of put us in the position we were in? I mean, the track wasn't in the conditions it normally is. Uh, you know, I we didn't rot the guys didn't perform as well as we'd like but then the euros man those guys are just on a different level i mean in my opinion but i'm not a professional racer what did you see what did you take away from that weekend um we just it it's tough i mean we're we're not as good as them right now and i mean i'm completely okay with saying that yeah Yeah. i mean it's they, they race outdoors 12 months out of the year, not race, but they're on an outdoor track 12 months out of the year, and we're only on it four, maybe four and a half months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I mean, they they just have more experience right now and, and some really, really good guys and a lot of talent over there. Um, and something about this nation is too, they all step up. And, yeah, for sure. Um, the, the way it works with their season too, like they're still hot from the weekend before, and we're like five or six weeks out of our season trying to maintain that, you know, uh, and they're trying to maintain the speed and kind of like over it. You kind of want to, you kind of want to take a break and get ready for the next season. But, um, so I, I know from experience, it takes a lot out of you to, to extend your season another five or six weeks. Um, and yeah, and this year, I mean, they're so good in the rain. It's incredible. Like going, going to London last year and, and thinking that we had a chance in the rain, like thinking that that was going to be the equalizer. Right. Well, I was, I've never been more wrong in my entire life. It's, it is absolutely amazing watching those guys ride in the rain. I mean, it's, it's amazing watching them ride in the dry, but in the rain yeah. is a whole other story. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I totally agree um, with everything you said. So I was curious on that. Um, so the last thing I want to ask you about, and this is another thing that you mentioned on that interview that I listened to, um, I had a chance to meet your, your girlfriend, Danielle, at Houston last year. She's a, a lovely girl, very cool. Um she really had to put in a lot of work, I would assume, helping you in your recovery. 
Um, what does it mean to have somebody that's supportive that's to stand by you and, you know, be there for you? Cause even when you're healthy, uh, having a, a good, a good partner that supports you and helps you with the things you need to, to do is very important. But when you're injured, that's where some of the true colors come out. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she stepped up big time too with that. It was, it was, uh, it was really cool to see cause I, you know, I, I, I couldn't really do much of anything for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that like not walking, I couldn't, um, I, I wasn't allowed to even sit up because I, I had tore my ab off my pelvis. So I was needed the, the actual abs to heal. So I couldn't even use, really use, um, you know, anything below my belly button. So right. yeah, she, she was on it, you know, with getting, you know, hospital bed delivered and, and having to set that up by herself and, and really just like all the stuff you really don't think of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was huge and she was, she was a huge, huge help. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, I, I really <laughs> could not have gone through that without her. And, and, uh, she stepped up big time when it came time to. Well, that's awesome, man. Cole, I cannot wait to see you come Saturday. I think I expect big things out of you this year. Um, I guess I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Benny last last week when he was on the show. This is the most important question: Should we pick you for uh, pulp fantasy? <laughs> uh, and I asked that more as a joke because I know you guys. I get, I get yeah, I I get tweets about that all the yeah, time. I know. If I do good or bad, <laughs> I know that kind of drives you guys I know, crazy. I know how it is for, yeah, I know how it is for uh, like football. So I'm, You're right. I can only assume how frustrating it is for motocross to try and pick, but uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, you don't I have don't to answer. It. It's more more of just kind of a joke because I know you guys get drove crazy with that stuff. And honestly, you don't want me picking you because I told Benny the same thing. <laughs> at least one guy I picked at every round last year did not finish a moto, so I need yeah. to just not play. <laughs> so exactly hang yeah. out well Cole man uh, thank you for coming on tonight uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend and watching you throw down man I can't wait to see you thank you yeah thanks for having me on again and uh, yeah we'll see you, see you next for this weekend yep I'll, I'll be there Friday man look forward to it so you have a good rest of the week and we'll see you then alright talk to you later okay Cole thank you bud Cole Seeley with American Honda. Uh, right, once again, one last break. We'll be back with Donnie Emler Jr. with FMF. Wow, we got one last guest of the night, and he is uh, brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. If you don't like replacing leaky fork seals, hit up burnmotorsports.com or go to your local dealer and ask them for Shock Socks. Up next, it's none other than Donnie Emler Jr. with FMF. Donnie, what's up, buddy? I am just uh, I'm nursing uh, currently a, a, a New Year's uh, Day, <laughs> I guess, uh, kind of a hang on. Okay, hang on to a, I turned it to a hang on. Actually, yeah, we're 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 good. It's 2019, you guys. Party. Damn sure is, and A one is just a few days away. I'm uh, man, it it crept up. Fast. I'm sure uh, your other uh, guests on your show, especially like Cole Steely and those guys. I mean, it uh, it feels like it is. Uh, it feels like it's far away, and then all of a sudden you get through Christmas, and it's 
and we're like racing all of a sudden and i'm not even racing i feel like i'm racing right right that's that's exactly what cole said but for me it cannot get here quick enough i cannot wait to get on that plane friday morning oh i can't wait to see you guys um welcome to uh sunny southern california it's actually pretty chilly here for us right now but uh you know what we're excited it's uh like you said it has been uh, a little while but since we uh i don't know i I feel like you know we went motocross nations we lost so I need like I need some redemption of of some sort, and that's uh, that's Supercross for sure. Man, you are not lying. I just talked to Cole a little bit about the MX Nations because he was up there, and I kind of want to get his thoughts on it. And you know, I mean, it's a bummer, but at the same time, watching what some of those guys can do was still for me. It, it was exciting to be able to watch those guys ride and perform the way they do. Well, I mean. I wasn't shocked, honestly, because I, you know, I go to a couple motocross GPs. We uh, we sponsor the the World Husqvarna program, so mm-hmm. we have the Ice One team over there. And I was in Lommel this year, and I get to see, uh, you know, Jeffrey Hurlings, obviously, in the sandbox there. And wow. I've never seen any, anyone go as fast on a motorcycle in my life. Uh, so I kind of knew what was coming for us. I, I mean, I knew our guys were really solid mud riders, but... You know, the Europeans, the different tracks there, I mean, they're, they're good at hard pack, they're good at mud, they're good at sand, and uh, I don't know, I just, uh, I knew it was going to be tough, but, you know, it's a little disappointing, I'm not sure, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it, I, I feel like the Red Bud track was a lot different than it normally is, so yeah. there's, uh, there's some uh, there's some fingers up above uh, making some moves, I mean, I knew there, there was weather coming, but... Uh, I don't know. It was just a different red leopard than what we were used to. So, I don't know. That's the general Uh, consensus. Yeah, that was the general consensus. Kind of weird, kind of strange. You know, it it wasn't what anybody expected, but, hey, it is what it is. It's over, but now we're ready for A1. Uh, You know, Jason Anderson wins a championship last year with FMF. Um, I mean, how incredible is that for you guys? Man, 2018, I don't think it could have gone any better for, for us as a, as a brand and a company. You know, uh, my dad started in 1973, so this is our 45th anniversary in 2018. So to win um, with Zach Osborne, Aaron Plessinger, um, and obviously Jason Anderson in the 450 class, and then go outdoors and Aaron Plessinger win the 250 title, I mean, four out of five, um, <laughs> That, that that's not bad, you know, and yeah, so we definitely we're not complaining. Uh, I'm having a great time. It's uh, it's now 19, so it's a whole new year, and man, I'm excited for for a one. You know, there's a lot of stuff that uh, that can go down. You know, uh, I think obviously everyone knows I'm actually uh, a big guy, but has had drama in the past, so. We shall see. Obviously, my money's on uh, got the newcomers, uh, Osborns and Plessingers, and the rookies. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It's it, it's an exciting time. You get these. You know, I feel like now uh, it's been a it's been a while since this many you know two fifty kids have moved out to the four fifty class. So it's really going to mix things up. Yeah, I mean, really, four really really fast guys moved up at the same time. I mean, if you take if you consider this Justin Hill's full. First, you know, rookie year, I guess. He rode a couple last year on the 450, but really, mm-hmm. with him and Plessinger, like you said, Zacho and Joey Savacci, those guys all, 
you know, some of them are a little bit under the radar. I think Joey was under the radar a little bit until he sh- he showed up at Monster Cup and showed what he could do. So there's no doubt that we have a hell of a year ahead of us as long as guys are healthy, which that's always the question, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you got to – it's, uh, it's a, a crazy sport. When I – you know, I talk to a lot of dis- different people in different sports, and, and I try to explain to them how crazy motocross and supercross is and, and – really how young these kids are. I mean, they start when they're, you know, 16. I've, I've sponsored a lot of them since they were, you know, four and five years old. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them come up. And, you know, there's such a short window that these kids have to, to make money. You know, you look at other sports and, you know, people say, like, you know, football is a short window, which I agree as well. But, man, the the uh, the, the toughness that these kids uh, endure and, and have to go through, you know, to make it through 17 rounds of Supercross, 12 rounds of, of motocross, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, so I'm excited to, uh, to see uh, how the rookies do, but also to see, uh, you know, Anderson, you know, really back it up because I, I feel like he's uh, obviously so much talent and yeah. I love his style. I think, I think most people are going to say Anderson's style, you know, like a, different than a lot of, uh, you know, a tone rack or, or, or whatnot. So I'm, I'm excited for, for, for the whole season to kick off. Well, I want to ask your opinion on Dean Wilson. I mean, you, you've given him some support over the years. You're part of that team. Very, you know, I was very surprised that there wasn't a spot for him. I mean, I, you know, I understand money is what it is. They had, they could get two guys and, and Zach moved up. Um, it sounds like he's got a hell of a lot, just really almost some of the same support just coming out of a sprinter van. But what do you think about Dean this year? What his, his chances and, you know, basically sort of being a quote unquote privateer. Um, you know, for me, like I, I've always loved Dean. I mean, since he was an amateur, he's always a pro circuit kid, you know? So, you know, I obviously always tend to, uh, you know, go for the, for the FMF guys, but Dean always growing up on the Kawasaki and, you know, crushing it in amateur, amateur ranks and coming up through the, the pro circuit team and stuff. And, and having him last year was probably one of the first years I've ever been able to, you know, sponsor him yeah. um, from the FMF side. Uh, so I loved it. I mean, I loved having, you know, he's so energetic and, and marketable, right? I think that's another thing that comes into play when you're talking about, okay, how, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a guy that's, uh, you know, making money at, at Supercross and Motocross and being a pro, but how also can I be marketable and make, make myself more money, right? I mean, cause yeah. like I said, it's a short window. Sure. There's very few people that I think are marketable in this space and, like guys like Anderson, Steely, Plessinger, and then you got like guys like Gino, Roxon, I think are very, very marketable for a brand to go go and say, okay, listen, this kid crushes on social media. So to see him on FMF last year, on get a chance on the factory team, I was so super stoked. Obviously he got he got hurt unfortunately at Glen Hillen. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like, you know, he still has that support even though he is a privateer, he's up with Husky, I think that they're giving him a little bit of support where they can, and him sticking with FMF as well is, is super positive for me, and um, you know, he obviously came back on social media and kind of announced his new program and going out of the Sprinter, so but I think as much, you know, stress, I mean, he was actually calling me before he was going to like uh, New Zealand and Australia, and he's like, hey, can I get 
X, Y, and Z, you know, product from mm-hmm. you. And so he's doing a lot of the work. And I, I'm like, man, that's so stressful. Like, <laughs> should I be con- should I be contacting a mechanic or anything like that to, you know, make sure you're dialed before you want He's like, no, I'll just go through me. And I was like blown away. I was like, man, I wouldn't want that kind of, you know, stress. I'm also having to order products for my, my program before right. I go race. And so that, I was pretty blown away by that. Like it sounded like it kind of helped him like make sure like he knew everything was going to be okay, like to go racing. So I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah. I think, I think Dean has a really good head on his shoulders, man. I think he's, he's still got a lot, a lot to do with the sport. I, I feel like he's going to be back on one of those, uh, top level teams, probably before the year's out, you know, it'll probably come with somebody else getting hurt, unfortunately, but, um, Dean's just got so much talent. Like you say, so marketable. His personality is just second to none. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, he's, he's doing this obviously on his own, but he's gone out and found some really great, uh, support, obviously with some of the, uh, the sponsors that he has, uh, particularly I, I saw that, uh, he's got Dan Bavarian, uh, give him some help now. So if, uh, if he does get that factory ride, that, that's the hard part, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got O'Neill and all, all these people that are, that are helping you. I think he's got Alpine stars and O'Neill gear. And so it, you know, sometimes that, that makes it a little difficult, right? Sure. When you go from that to asking for the help and then all of a sudden you get a factory ride and they're like, well, you can't have X, Y, and Z because this is our team sponsor. So, you got it's that fine line of, you know, and it happens all the time where you know race teams contact us. They don't necessarily have the riders locked down yet because they're still trying to find the funding to actually go racing to lock down these riders. But they're telling you that they they're going to get these riders, and you're <laughs> like, uh, well, let me, uh, you know, get back with me when you lock down the riders and you got a solid program. And so that's the hard part about any type of racing. You know, you got to have the funding up front to go get the riders. But it's that always that, you know, you're chasing your tail uh, to get that. So, I don't know. I think it's cool that uh, Dean's doing it out of a van. I think, obviously, Supercross, at least West Coast. I mean, he's doing, obviously, the whole the whole series. But, right. you know, if you're, a, if you're a privateer doing just West Coast, you know, 250 is a little easier to, uh, to get by. Sure. Well, let's shift gears a little bit to the um, to amateurs. So you guys had a hell of a Loretta Lens, and uh, you guys are pulling. You're sponsoring a lot of really fast kids like Derek Drake, uh, Jordan Jarvis. We had her on a couple weeks last week, I believe. Hayden Deegan, numerous others. Um, you know, where does that fall in your um, like what FMF wants to do for the year as far as priorities? I mean, these kids are coming up. Um, they maybe don't get as much exposure as the top level pros, but a lot of them are the future of the sport. So how do you decide how you're going to help these kids out? Well, I mean, that, I mean, when I started working with, uh, my dad at FMF, I mean, that was kind of like my focus was like, you know, we've always had a strong amateur scene, but like, how can we make it better? And, and we kind of advanced that when I, when I came on board and kind of, I was, I was only 18 years old, but obviously I love the sport, love riding motorcycles. I was like, man, if I can just go to the, the racetrack and get, and get paid for it, and, <laughs> uh, you know, have fun with the family. It's like that, that's rad. So yeah. that's what I did. And, you know, we've been building it ever since. And, you know, we really take pride in supporting all these amateur kids. You know, it, it's a tough, tough road. I mean, obviously a lot of sports are, but this, uh, this sport is, takes a lot of money and a lot of dedication and these kids now and, I don't know, it's 
when you go to when you go to a place like Loretta Lynn, I have my kids like pounding on the door right now. Sorry about that. No, that's good. <laughs> He'll be at Loretta Lynn in a couple of years, probably. Nice. But, uh, you go to Loretta Lynn, and uh, you see like just the the passion that things have, and just to get there alone, like the dedication. And I did it in 2013. I was like, I always told myself, I'm like, I got to race this one of these years. I've I've been coming here for you know, 14 years now straight, I got to race it myself. And just to show these people, they're like, I can actually ride. We ride here at FMS. <laughs> so I did it. And I had well, obviously a lot of help. Like KTM brought my bike out for me. So I went the, the easy street way. Yeah. These parents are going, you know, all out, you know, getting there, going through two, two races to get there just to uh, make the final 40. Um, but no, it's important. I think that's obviously the, the future of our sport. That's, what what we do as uh, you know as brands in this industry, and it's important to support the amateur riders because they're giving back so much to you know all the brands. Whether you're a handlebar company, you know, a motorcycle OEM, or an exhaust company, they're spending money, and so you know to be able to support them in their journey. I mean, that's really really important. Yeah, definitely, and it like I said, you you guys got some amazing results out of some of those kids. Um, you know, Jordan being um, a, a female, you know, with the WMX kind of sh- shutting down this year, uh, and she has goals of going out and making some supercrosses with with the guys. That that's g- really a cr- incredible exposure for women's racing and for her sponsors. So you being on board with her is going to be a good thing just for females in general. Uh, I mean, having women in the sport huge and yeah. and unfortunately I, I wish it would get embraced a little bit more than it has you know it's done a really good job at at you know creating the wmx series and introducing them to some of the nationals and stuff and it's kind of tapered back in some of you know the different types of racing whether it's you know you know the, the series now is not what it was but you know it's still incredible like i go to the off-road races to the gncc and like you know girls like kayla jones and all, you know, it's it's awesome to see that it's not just motocross and supercross, like just women loving to ride yeah. uh, dirt bikes. I mean, it, at the end of the day, like I learned how to ride with my dad in the back of a pickup truck in the desert, you know, and you go to the desert now here in California and you just see families riding. It's like that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And so you see where these girls came from and it's like they probably learned just riding with their dad in the back of their pickup truck you yeah. know and so it's neat it's it, and it's important for our sport that we were able to include you know everyone you can't it, it just can't be just a one-all thing because this sport will never grow so exactly yeah totally agree um so i got two more topics uh testing i know chris Kiefer has done some testing for you and you probably had you, numerous other guys test your products What's it like when somebody like Chris or takes out, uh, you know, one of your products and says, all right, well, it's, it does this well, but it doesn't do this well. Um, you know, when you get, if you get negative feedback on a product, does that bother you or do you say, all right, we're going to fix it. We're going to make it better. You know, how, how do you guys, and then one tester may like something that another tester doesn't kind of, how do you decide where you're going to go with that? That That's the hard part. You know, sometimes, and, and we utilize um, the magazine, the media guy. So it, it, it's a race. Uh, you know, when a new bike comes out, um, say a KTM 250, mm-hmm. 
it's a it's a race it's a race for the exhaust companies, right? To get get their product built, and we want to get to the media first. You know, we want to be the first ones to get there, get their hands on it, get them in the magazine or Instagram or social media. We're testing the new FMF pipe, but sometimes that can bite you because you know you're you're in such a hurry to get it to them, and uh, you know maybe a guy like Chris Keeper goes. Oh, well, you know, I feel like it could have used a little more here and here and here. And you're like, oh, well, okay, well, that's a bummer. But we're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to we're going to hit it hard again and and come back to you in a couple of days. And we want you to try this. Mm. So it it's good and bad. You know, there's there's times where obviously it it's great because you're the first one to to get that pipe to the media guy. But then there's sometimes where it's like I don't want Kiefer just just because I support him or whatever to say oh yeah the FMF pipe was great but you know then his testing is not really valid because people can kind of see through that yeah so you know for him you know it's great because he he literally tells us what he thinks and he helped us a lot with the with our new Yamaha uh, YZ450 pipe um you know obviously working with the race teams and stuff we build a lot of stuff that goes along with their with their race motors so sometimes we're like okay well that's good for, for production too, that sometimes, you know, you put it on the stock bike or stock ECU and, and like in Chris's case, it's like, ah, it's a little, you know, flat here, here. And we're like, well, our customers don't have factory race motors. So we gotta, we gotta listen to Chris and, and hear what he has to say. So it, it's a little bit of everything, right? You gotta listen to the, the factory riders, the mechanics, you know, the motor builders, you gotta listen to the guys in the media. So there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, you know. But the good good thing is, if we come up with a better, um, you know, a better exhaust combo that we feel is great, we put it right back into production. So, you know, the guys that are, you know, Aaron Plessinger's exhaust that he won with, that's our production pipe, right? Which a lot of people are pretty impressed with, you know. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I run FMF equipment. Um, love it. I, I got the FMF stickers on the moto van, so. I appreciate your guys' uh, products and all you do, obviously. So, um, well, appreciate you guys. Of course, you know. And everyone listening. <laughs> uh, FMF has a long historical um, background. They, you know, you guys have been around forever. Everybody knows how great the product is. I'd like to know. Last thing, what's next for FMF in 2019? I know you released the the, the FMF Drop program, which is uh, like uh, an apparel thing, I guess. Like you hats and shirts and stuff like that or what else is involved with that um well 2019 i'm obviously we you know the bikes come out so early so everything is available right now for the 2019 motorcycles but uh you know the apparel is something i'm like near and dear to my heart because you know i grew up seeing like how many fans there were of fmf and people wearing fmf hats and shirts at the track and and it was just like, man, this is cool. So I want to keep this going and, and keep it fresh and, and working with, you know, our designers at, on the FMF apparel side. I came up with this idea, like, you know, subscription services are, are very popular right now, but I want to change it up. I want to, I want to make something that is only available to our subscribers. So basically every month our subscribers get a new T-shirt from a different artist each month, a new designer, um, and it's only available to them. So it'll never be on fmfracing.com. It'll never be in a dealership. It's only available for those members. So it's kind of an exclusive little club. So 
that was kind of like my idea of, of being in your, your motocross country club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's new for us and it's exciting. We're, we're shipping our third, uh, our third drop, uh, this month. And, uh, I think it's my favorite one yet. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's, yeah, we're having fun. That's, I've got to get amazing. on board with that, man. I'll be honest, I haven't done it yet, but I, I have to do that because I, I saw Steve post, uh, you know, Mathis post his his uh, pack. I guess it came in his package. He posted the stuff. I was like, God, man, I'm so jealous. I got to get in on that. <laughs> yeah, we got to get you on. Come yeah. on, guys, let's, uh, let's let's get you on board. I know someone that can maybe hook you up. So, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get you on there and. Uh, the cool thing is it always comes with something special in the box. So we'll never tell you what it is. Right. You get a new shirt or you also get a little, little gift and stuff like that. So you, you, every month it's different. That's right. I'm going to get signed up, man. I'm going to do that when I get off the phone here. Get it, get it going. I got to do it. I'm just, uh, you know, the holidays were, were tight. A lot of money got spent. Oh. You know, uh, as a show, we're going to about five of the super crosses this year. So, finances are a little tight for me, but I'm going to make it all happen. It's just, uh, I got to get caught up. You know, I got to work a real job during the day. And unfortunately it, it isn't, uh, I'm, I'm not getting rich doing my day job. Uh, well, we appreciate you guys doing that. I mean, it, it, it helps make our, uh, our sport cooler and, uh, man, gets it out there to the, to the fans that are enjoying it. And, uh, I appreciate everyone. You can follow us, uh, at SMS 73 on Instagram and, uh, we're always doing something cool and, and follow these guys that are, that are giving their, their gift the gap, uh, to us. And I hope, uh, I hope Cole Steely and the other guests were, were awesome tonight. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Donnie, thank you for always taking the time for us when we ask, appreciate it. And, um, I'm sure I'll see you this weekend. I can't wait. All right, buddy. Have a, have a good rest of the week. I'll see you this weekend. All right, see you, bud. All right, Donnie Emler Jr. Yeah, follow him uh, on Instagram. Follow FMF just in general on Instagram and support them. Uh, great company, great people. Really appreciate it. I got to take the tour. I don't know. I'm sure you guys, if you were listening last year, excuse me, when I went out there, I think it was last last summer uh, in 17, I went out there and Donnie gave me a tour of the place. Pretty pretty amazing facility. I also got to tour the Yoshimura facility and, and all those guys. It's it's so cool how they build those pipes and just all the tooling and what they go through to make a product. You know, um, sometimes the products seem like they're pretty expensive, you know, when you're on a budget, but there's a lot of work and a lot of technology, a lot of R and D that goes into all that stuff and uh, you know, so it, it, it's just the way it works out, and we appreciate Donnie. Uh, before we wrap this up, I want to remind everybody there's the Amsoil giveaway on Instagram. Go to the Moto X Pod Show's Instagram. You can figure out how to how to win a four-stroke oil kit. Uh, we're doing the fly giveaway this month as the podium stand. Pick your pick who's going to win 450s and 250s. Contact us on MotoXPodShow.com's contact and uh we'll pick a winner for that the winner for the helmet the fly racing helmet was ryan at ryan's moto tv so congratulations to him well, i'm gonna pick that helmet up tomorrow and i will unveil what it looks like at Anaheim at some point follow us on you on our youtube channel instagram twitter facebook go to our website please tell us what you think support us thank you for listening and we are out of here